This is the X&C Podcast, your Xbox newscast, featuring Colt Eastwood and Mag, hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, X&C Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with the Xbox newscast. Welcome to the XC Podcast. This is episode 130. Merry Christmas, Hanny. Happy Hanukkah and all of the other uh, holiday celebrations. We've got people from around the world who are watching the show. We really appreciate you for being here. I'm Cold Eastwood. I'm not wearing glasses and I can't see any of you. But thank you for being here. You'll get used to it. I promise. I'm here with my very handsome and sexy co-host, middle-aged game yes. guy. How are you, bro? Yeah. I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much. It's uh, another great week. Happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Everything that everybody's celebrating right now. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Be with your families. Be well. Stay positive. Don't be toxic. Let's all have a great time. We have a great show tonight, guys. And we, of course, we have a wonderful guest tonight. Colt, go ahead and introduce the young man himself. Yeah, we've got a, a very special guest, a very close friend of mine. Uh, this guy has a decade under his belt of being in the gaming community. He's been on stage at Xbox. He's got a fantastic channel that's hit over 100,000 subscribers. He's got thousands of eh, some okay videos, but some real banger videos as well. He runs one of the biggest Xbox gaming podcasts, The Outstanding, the completely handsome, ready for camera next year. My good friend, Mag's great friend and enemy, Randall Thor 19. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Last episode of XNC, and I'm here with Colt and Mag. You know, it's funny, uh, Mag, Colt, like last week, was like, man, I want to have a guest for next week. I want to have a guest for my final show. I need a big guest. And then Colt's like, I asked this person, they said no. I asked this person, they said no. I asked this person, they said no. And then yesterday, Colt's like, hey, you want to do my show? And I'm like, oh, so I'm like the fifth choice. I'm like, thank you, Colt. I appreciate it. After all these people said no. Yep, yep. Yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah, Bl- I asked Bl- Phil, and he's like, who? And then I'm like, Rand, can you help me out here? Uh, <laughs> Rand, we appreciate you, bro. We're glad you're here. This has been a really crazy week, and I know that we're all going to talk about everything, even the most uncomfortable uh, of discussions. Before, Dude, it's before not we- only been a crazy week, Colt. This is like the year reflection of 2023. It's the last show. All right, well, let's... Uh, let's- it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not just what's going on. It's like... Man, 2023 is coming to a close because the next time Mag and Colt will see everybody in chat will be yeah. 2024. So, isn't that crazy? And you know, we we would briefly talk about what we're playing, but why don't we take a minute and just kind of uh, talk about what our big highlights for that we've played this year? I already know what Mag's going to say, and it's probably the same thing you'll say, Rand. But let me Ooh. say real quick that some of the highlights for me were Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Dead Island 2 being way better than it should have been for what it went through. Great. Was great. Considering Cody Eastwood had told me once before it was coming in 2019. And I think again he was in our video where he said it was coming in 2020. Uh, How many Dead Island videos did you make? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think I said it was going to be shown at E3 every year for like five years. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Dead Island 2 was, was a great surprise hit. And then, of course, Starfield was one of, one of my favorite games this year. And then, um, Kind of a surprise hit would be what I'm playing right now, and it's Avatar, which sometimes I really love it. Sometimes I'm like, why'd you do this? But I'm glad I'm playing it. That's kind of my uh, 2023 in a nutshell 
Uh, let's hear from Mag next. What what was what was your uh, well? Your come like? on, man. You you know what it was like. It was uh, it started off with a bang with Hogwarts Legacy. Hogwarts Legacy what an absolutely magnificent experience. And then right in right into there, dovetailed right into Resident Evil Four. Still mm. my top top three mm. games of the year. Speak uh, it, Mag. Speak it. Let's go, dude. The game I played through the game eight times. Well, I, I played through it three I, times, and I remember telling Cole, "I'm like, I'm on my third. I was doing my third playthrough in a party with Cole, and he's like, whoop. And he's like, third time? I'm like, yeah, bro. And he's he wouldn't even play through it once. He's so scared. Oh, dude, what a great game. Well, I mean, I've heard him scream when he does VR yeah. uh, Resident Evil. That's really funny. Mm -hmm. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, Resident Evil 4 was, is still standing in my game of the year. Very close second, Hogwarts Legacy. And then, uh, you know, we, I played a lot of uh, nice games throughout the year. Dead Island 2, so a pleasant surprise. And then uh, I'm now about six or seven hours into Alan Wake 2. What a magnificent Whoa. experience as well. I know, Rand. It's it's uh, it might be. I think you were saying it was like your game of the generation oh, so yes. far. Well, okay. I mean, I don't I don't know if it, well maybe, but it's definitely my game of the year for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I, well, I remember you were talking about it when you first uh, when you first played it. So I was like, oh man. I mean, I was it was already on the hit list for me anyway, right? But the, the fact that now that I'm about six seven hours in and I'm understanding the mechanics, you know, what I mean, like the you know going to the I'm not going to get into spoilers, obviously, but you know going into the evidence room and. You know, mm. putting things on the wall, reading things that, you know, sitting there problem solving and saying, okay, maybe this is it and this is it. And all of a sudden you, you realize you're like, wow, two hours just went by and it felt like five seconds. And it's just, that's when you know you're just involved, right? So I'm really, really big fan of that game. And uh, that's it. And then wait, uh, wait, wait, that, wait, wait, hold on. Yep. You got to give your props to the great that we lost today while you talk about that. What? Oh my gosh. Oh, Although, oh, I yeah, did the, hear about it. Yes, yeah, I did hear about it. The voice actor yes. of yes. Max Payne. The uh, actor, the, the, the yes. performance and the voice actor, yeah. Uh, the yes. great right. James McCaffrey. James yeah. McCaffrey passed away today, 65 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, the uh, Rockstar just released um, um, a little memo about it and, uh, asked, you know, whatever, saying, talking about his accomplishments. And then, of course, uh, the, the crazy thing is that um, they're actually remaking part one and two from the ground up, right? So mm -hmm. that should be coming out in the next year or two and i'd say maybe two years but uh, let's just say you think that's they got the case. his you think they got his voice in there mag before? i want to i'm actually well the thing is they already had his voice did they not oh so yeah i guess they would reuse those old recordings and in, in interview I, I mean I suppose. like they could do what they did with um uh with uh, uh what's her name carrie fisher when, remember when they did Star Wars, they had all the cut scenes. When, then they, when they did um, the, the, the Rise of Skywalker, they basically just spliced a bunch of the scenes, already filmed scenes together, and kind of put her in the film. I mean, they have so much uh, recorded dialogue that he did for part one, two, and three that they might be able to, you know, put something together. And you know what? The thing is also a lot of these, uh, a lot of these companies now, they're using AI. I know it's, I know it's a little bit taboo for some people, but they mm -hmm. still are being able to use a, you know what I'm about to say, right? So like, like with the AI situation, look at they did even with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus to, to be able to do a young James Earl Jones. They, AI, they did AI to create a younger James Earl Jones's voice. So like, that being the case. I'm your father. Yeah. Well, Luke. okay, Randy, I ran a cold. He didn't sound like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> Luke, I'm your father. So, I don't know. Percolator, calm down in the chat, all right? Jeez, we just started. <laughs> what about, what about you, Rand? What was what was your highlight of uh, of 2023? I mean, there was a bunch of high. 2023 was an outstanding year. Outstanding. Uh, I mean, it started off with a bang, and I won't say Hogwarts Legacy because you guys forgot about the incredible award-winning hi-fi rush oh yes, I I at the beginning of january yeah uh, that was great. developer direct shadow drop 
And that game was just in, incredible. Like, you, you talk about a studio, Tangle Gameworks, known for horror games, and they make an action, uh, you know, uh, what, like a... Rhythm-based. What do they call it? A rhythm-based mm-hmm. uh, game, and it was it was that freaking good? Like, come yeah. on. Like, you, yeah. you know, and like Max said, Resident Evil 4, one of my favorite games of the year. Hogwarts Legacy was way better than I expected. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, I love, despite oh. the performance issues that it did have when I played it. Right, but even then, like that game, still like what it was, what it was doing, the story and all that stuff. It's still like you could tell. It's like, yeah, this game's amazing. It's ah, man, the performance though. It's, um, yeah, you know. And then there's like some indie games that this year that I really, really jived with. Planet of Lana being one of them. Uh, Cocoon, I think, being my favorite. I I absolutely adored Cocoon. Um, and, you know, and you get to like my favorite game of the year, Alan Wake Two. Uh, just. A stunning peak, a stunning work, masterpiece. Uh, you know, a sequel to a game that I have been waiting for for 13 years, and they sur- surpassed all my expect expectations of what I wanted from an Alan Wake game. Um, I couldn't have been happier with with how that game turned out. But man, it was it was a great year. I think I beat like 50 games this year. Yeah, I wow. mean, Final Fantasy 16 and Spider Man 2 and Oxenfree 2. I beat on PlayStation. Because, yep. you know, hey, if I can't play it on my Xbox, well, I, I do have the, that other platform to play them on. And I enjoyed Final Fantasy 16 quite a bit. Um, it did lag in some areas, but I thought it was quite enjoyable. Spider-Man 2 was also really good. Uh, I didn't think it was good as... Well, I think some parts were better. Like clear, I think the gliding through the city was significantly better. Or getting yeah, here through he goes, the city about PlayStation. was... Significantly <laughs> better. I don't. We were talking about the games we played. I'm and, just kidding. You know, Spider-Man yeah. Two being one of them, yeah. which I enjoyed. Um, you know, I there are some big ones that I haven't. Like I haven't played Baldur's Gate Three yet. Same. Right? That yeah. one game of the year. Haven't played you, it. Although I plan on it. I plan was, on to. So. I was going to ask you, or do you plan on doing it? Because uh, I, I don't know. You don't. You don't come across as a. Uh, I don't no, know. It, it seems I more don't. of a je- a jazz kind of game, like <laughs> with the yeah. With it the does. It, it does. Here's the thing, though. I I bet yeah. you if I started, I'll beat the game before Jez beats it. That's true. Because <laughs> he's gonna go back to World of Warcraft and then yeah, just, yeah, uh, gets lost. Uh, and... And, and and the game that Colt's been trying to get me to play for a while, I'm finally starting up this week. Cyberpunk. Oh, yes. Never played Cyberpunk before. No. Uh, with wow. they got the expansion, you know, the update two point two point oh and two point one. So I'm like really excited to finally uh, delve into Cyberpunk, and there's there's really only when I look at my black backlog for this year, there's only two games really that I want to play that I haven't got to yet. One of them being Armored Core Six. Oh, didn't yeah. get around to it. I think I think when Armored Core Six came out, I want to say me and Colt were neck deep in our playthroughs for review for Starfield. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So yeah. like I was just we were playing Starfield and it was like, all right, well, I can't play Armor Core Six. And the other game I kinda wanna do I wanna play is Liza P. Didn't get a chance to play that. Um I hear it's really good. So I You only I played the demo they, uh, for for your show? Yeah, I only played the demo. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not I, the biggest like Soulsborne guy. I mean, I love Elden Ring and I love Sekiro and I did enjoy Bloodborne. But I don't I like I'm not like that like oh my god the Souls games are the pinnacle of video gaming right that a lot of people say I mean, but you, I do enjoy them so I'll, have, I'll, I'll probably check out Liza P. You have uh, fully experienced them like you've done everything in Elden Ring and you did Bloodborne and it was new like you said and 
And yeah, I didn't Sekiro say Elden like Ring. One of your, Sekiro's one of your favorite oh, games dude, that Sekiro's year. One of, yeah, 2019, Sekiro's my game of the year. I wasn't someone that said Elden Ring was my game of the year, but then didn't finish it and still hasn't Ooh! finished it. Game of the year? Never wow. finished it. Game of the year? Just, didn't finish it. That's the way I always I, say. Shout out to Zocker for no reason. Shout out to Zocker. Um, yeah, what about, so, Robo, what about RoboCop? No, no. Uh, oh, I did play. I did play RoboCop. It was okay. It was quite enjoyable. Quite. Enjoy- yeah, I'm a I, big fan of the movies, and I I thought it. I thought it nailed the aspect of being RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm. Uh, it it's in the backlog, so that's why I didn't mention. I didn't mention Final Fantasy. I didn't mention RoboCop. Um, I didn't get to him yet. Right. And then uh, yeah. the other one. Oh, the, the I'm about 15 hours in Eliza P, and it's actually quite enjoyable. Yeah. So in in terms of its difficulty, I put it comparable to maybe. I think it's a little bit easier than Sekiro. A I little mean, bit Sekiro, easier. Sekiro is pretty tough. It was tough. That was tough. Yeah, that yeah. that butter that butterfly boss like three days on that woman. But, oh what a God. game that was! What, what a, a game. great game! What it's a been great a great game. year. It's been a great year. A lot of incredible games. Um, and twenty twenty four. I twenty twenty four does look like maybe it won't have as many quote unquote bangers as this year did. Um. Yeah, when but, I think about yeah. Xbox's 2024, like we're wondering when Hellblade comes in. Like maybe it comes in first half of the year. Hey, I heard about... you say May though. Right? I, yeah, I, I did. I saw, I saw some articles saying that Cold Eastwood <laughs> said it was May. Yeah, Mag was sitting here right with me, and he and he didn't stop me. But yeah, I no, said I that I said that we'd heard that it was May 21st, um, which is a Tuesday. And but I also said I don't. I expect Hellblade to be at the end of the year, right next to Avowed. It's kind of, I think it's, it could be a dicey 2024 for Xbox. See, I'm the opposite of you. I expect uh, Hellblade 2 at the beginning of the year. Well, the problem is, is you're pushing six months from the reveal at the Game Awards that we just had uh, th- two weeks ago. You know, like the article said on comicbook.com, they said, why didn't they just announce the release date at the Game Award trailer? And I'm like, well, if I look back, this is a good question for Rand, right? What does Xbox typically do for a release date? We know Starfield was shown <clears throat> its last time in March for a six-month release date in September 10th or whatever it was, right? Well, so is six months the status quo for Xbox saying, we'll finally give you the date? I mean, you could be right in that Hellblade 2 could be the end of the year. But also, I fully expect Microsoft to have a developer direct where they give release dates for their early 2024 lineup. And Hellblade 2 has been a big part of their marketing push. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in their like new trailer. Uh, I mean, Sunny, Sunny, uh, uh, Melissa Jurgens was at the Game Awards. They debuted a new, uh, the new song and the trailer. Uh, do you really do that if the game's not ready for another nine months? But I don't I know. Like, I'm just. I feel like the Hellblade marketing has been very consistent, like once per year since 2019, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. Maybe I'm the little more optimistic path here because mm-hmm. Hellblade is my most anticipated game of 2024, and it's been my most anticipated game from Xbox, uh, you know, since since it was announced. So I'm still crossing my fingers for a like March, April, May release date. Because you know when you when we when we look at things Matt Booty has said recently, um, which I'm sure you guys discussed months ago or a month ago, where you said, "Hey, we're still on track for big games for you know uh, one a quarter, right?" Okay, Meaning to right. me that they're on they're on track for that for next year. And 
the one the one negative that you can say about Xbox right now is that we don't know what their release cadence is for 2024 at all. Sure, we can mention the games avowed Hellblade, Our History Untold, Towerborn. Um, is Tower about 2024 though. Well, it has the date on it. So as of okay. now, all right. all right, that's fine. They said it at E3. It said 2024. So I'm right. assuming okay. it's 2024. Flight Sim right. 2024 is another one. Like yeah, Flight Sim. They have one for sure, and that's Call of Duty Golf War. That is true. Right? It's not that announced yet, though. Well, it's not it's announced. Not announced yet. Yet. Not, not announced, but I mean, it's pretty much assumed at this point. True. Right. So you're looking at October, November, no matter what. Right. Somewhere in that in that area that they always release in the same window. So now you've covered one quarter essentially. Right. So you want to go like late summer, early fall with something else, maybe late August, early September, like they did with Starfield. I think that would make a lot of sense if they put something in there and then you put Hellblade in the spring because they just showed Hellblade. It would be very strange to me that all of a sudden out of nowhere when they come back from their Christmas break that because uh, they take that holiday, right? They take that couple yeah. of weeks off and then they come back in January. So when they come back, I would find a little bit odd. They'd be like, OK, we're going to show about it. By the way, it comes out in five months. I think they're going to ride off maybe the, a little bit of the popularity and the, and the, uh, the momentum that Hellblade is going, and I could see them launching that in the spring, then avowed in the fall with, with Call of Duty, all launching on Game Pass. That's, I like that's, that. That's, that's, my, that's my prediction. Yeah, and I mean, even they, Matt Booty even mentioned how there's other games that aren't announced yet for 2024, right? So you look at, right now, we don't have any dates. I mean, if you right. flip it to the PlayStation side... You know that, okay, you got Last of Us Part 2 coming, remaster in January 19th. February, you got Helldivers 2 coming. Yep. March, you have Rise of the Ronin coming on the 22nd. Final so, Fantasy. you know, and Final Fantasy, which isn't a first party game for them, but it is like a big exclusive for them. Which one? So on the X, Final Fantasy uh, Rebirth. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, yeah, right? Yeah, and which, they have a release say, date for that one, you said? February. Yeah, leap, yeah. leap day. Leap year. Yeah. Leap day. Yeah. Um, so that's the one thing about Xbox is like you don't know when Towerborn is coming or any of that stuff. I do think we will find out in like January, early, maybe like late January, early February, because I do expect them to do another de- developer direct. And yeah, I do I, think I we will say, get release dates for games at that point. You know, Yeah, I was going to say, Rand, I think it's probably in Xbox's best interest to, on their turf, give those release dates at a, probably a February developer direct. Wasn't the, the developer direct was early January last year? Developer Direct was announced on January 11th, and it date and it and it aired uh, January 25th. What a okay. memory! Yes. No, <laughs> he does. He he remembers Idiot. numbers all the time. I don't even like remember that. what happened yesterday. I'd be terrible in court. <laughs> like uh, Mr. Mag, what happened? Uh, on the, uh, the events of the. I'm like I don't know. I don't even know what happened this morning. Um, somebody, Jason Max in the chat mentioned something. I just want to bring this up. Uh, another one. Uh, a wild card here. Contraband. Where the mm. hell did it go? Where did it disappear oh. to? It's been it's been years. Well, it's it's, it's they re- they revealed it in 2021, so it's been a couple years. Yeah, it's one of those know, things. It's like you know, it takes time. Yeah, and yeah, I know people right? feel like, um, and I don't blame them. They, and I'll tell you why in a second. Where people feel like th- that Xbox has announced their stuff far too early, and I agree, they have. Thank you everybody for being here. We got 700 people watching live. If you're enjoying the show with Mag and our good friend Randall Thor 19, hit the like button and show your support for the show. Thank you guys for being here. It means a lot. We've got a lot to talk about, and it's good to be have you guys here to talk about it with us. Now Xbox does announce this stuff really early, guys, but um, people are like they showed. I've literally had this conversation with people online where they say they showed State of Decay years ago, like five years ago, and we still don't have State of Decay three information. I'm like. It was actually three years ago, and I think partially because 
in 2020, we just like launched into the pandemic and it's been a long couple of years for everybody. I feel like so Xbox is up against them being too early, but we've talked about this a lot. Haven't we Meg where Xbox needed to announce games. So you knew they had yeah. stuff in the pipeline. Yes. But stuff is just so far away and it's just been delayed for so long. I, I feel like this situation has worked against them in every angle. It's been a very funky generation all around. And uh, the only one that, uh, you know, I, I just find it, it's been, uh, it's been a little bit inconsistent. We know why. I mean, we had a global situation at the beginning of the, of the launch of the consoles. Um, and then of course with the series S and X, and then of course, and then that pushed a lot of things back. And Phil talked about that. He says, you know, we're not going to, you know, 2021 will still be okay, but you're going to feel the pinch in 2022, which he was bang on. But he did say that. Just a little pinch. Yeah. Just a little yeah. pinch. But he wasn't wrong because he said, you know, that's where we're going to get that bottleneck because of the delays that happened because of the pandemic. And then that happened. Then 2023 was significantly better. 2024, I predict to be much better. And, of course, the ABK thing went through. So it seems like the momentum is carrying now. However, we're not going to get into that other topic about going into another generation in a few years, but it just seems like they're just, not just Xbox, I'm talking about the gaming industry, I should, I should clarify what I'm trying to say here, is that I feel that the gaming industry is now really solidly, after a great 2023 all around, is really starting to get their footing and the ball is really starting to roll. And now all of a sudden there's sites being set on, on pro systems, on next gen systems, and I'm like... Man, you guys are just getting the ball rolling. Can we just hang on for maybe like a couple more years beyond? You want to you know, know something though, Mag? Yeah. Not to course. not to run into the whole like next gen the discussion yeah, yeah, yeah. already, but sure. Yeah. The whole like next gen discussion really is just like I sort of feel like it's just this. This isn't like NES to Super NES or right. to N sixty four, right? Yep. This is just a, a variation of a console that's better than that's slightly better than what you already have. It's almost like if you had like a, a, an iPhone that came out and a new iPhone, instead of coming out every year, came out every four years. That's right. what I kind of look at. It's like PS4 to PS5, their system since it's like X86 and all that stuff is very similar. Just like how the Xbox one to Xbox series X, presumably even to the next one, it's, they're not like the clear lines of okay this is a generation anymore right it's just like the back and pass stuff all works so you can play your games because there's plenty of people still playing on xbox one plenty of people still playing on ps4 Did right you see because those games, numbers those sorry well, ram you saw those numbers about how ps5 was like the third most or ps4 was the third yeah. most played yeah but i mean that's but that's from how long to beat and that's a user submitted website where people submit like what platforms you play on. that doesn't mean anything oh Okay. That's just that's just because what, how long to beat is basically people play a game and then they submit to that website what platform they played it and on. And then they use the metrics from that. Okay. And then they use the metrics to be like, okay, well, according to the user submitted data, this is what people are playing on. Because if you believe more people are playing on PS3 than playing on Xbox, then you know I have a bridge in Manhattan to sell you, <laughs> essentially, right? But part of it also, Meg, is all the biggest games in the world right now are all cross-gen. Fortnite sure. works on across everything. Sure. Call of Duty works across everything. So I feel yeah. like that line of next generation is blurred a bit. Where yeah. it doesn't, doesn't really matter if, okay, you have a Pro next year, and then a couple years later you have a PS6 versus you have an Xbox new console in a couple years and then another one, it's just, it's just, they're all just variations of, you know, what we sort of already have, which is more powerful. Right. 
Sure, just incremental upgrades at this point, very much like the cell phone yeah. business. The only difference is that, I mean, well, actually, there is no difference. I shouldn't say that because actually the consoles are infinitely cheaper than a cell phone. You know, like the cell phones you get now are like two, three thousand dollars. They're subsidized by the by the by the the phone companies, right? So that you're only paying, you know, eighty bucks, a hundred bucks, at least Canadian, a month for the phones and whatever else, right? And then by the end of two years, you paid for the phone, you paid for the service, and on and on. Consoles are not so much like that, so it's a, it's a heavier investment for the consumer, except for Xbox, because I mean Xbox did have that you know the pay plan thing, and so that was that was helpful. But at the same time, if you're asking for anywhere between five and seven hundred dollars, especially like up here in Canada, like a Series X is seven fifty with tax, right? So yeah. even right now, because it's three fifty here in the states. Oh, no, 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 I meant I meant in, well, no, yeah, I meant yeah. in general. There's a big sale going on right now. They're actually $160 off uh, up up here in Canada. So that's a huge deal. Well, how uh, much is a general. What's the general price for a Samsung Galaxy phone or an iPhone? Um like the sticker price when you go into your your retailer. Cuz isn't it about yeah. double or a little over double what a console costs? For, for us up here about $2,000. And if you're saying like yeah, so over double, we, right? Yeah, but like the way it works, like if you get Rogers or Bell, the two big uh, the companies that the internet companies up here, uh, Rogers cable and Bell, don't they make like uh, frozen dinners? No, no, I know it sounds like no. Rogers and Bell are two different companies. It's not like Hagen. It's not like uh, what's Hagen the other one? Not <laughs> Ice cream, Ben and Jerry's or something. Yeah, it's not Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, yeah Rogers you Canadians, and Bell are you guys companies. like do they make they make the ice cream frozen dinners and they provide a, a quality <laughs> cell phone service over I, there? So, so Dex, so Dex in the chat said about twelve hundred dollars U.S. If you do the math in, in yeah. terms of the uh, the exchange rate, it's about two grand. So he's a, he's he's bang on. So yeah. you look at something like that, and then of course it's subsidized from the company. You pay eighty five, you know, to a hundred dollars a month, and then you get the everything, right? You get your internet, you get your unlimited data, you get your wife, whatever, and so that's all in there. And so, but the thing is, what I'm what I was mentioning with Rand is, is you know, we do this incremental upgrades, you know, throughout the years where it's a seamless transition from one to another, and they just get more and more powerful, a la the PC market. The only thing is that it's a big ask for people who do not want to invest like they like PC players are a very special breed of people who are very into well they're very into the tech they're very into the thing and of course they burn a lot of cash for those you know for those for those those video cards and whatever else right but console users I don't not sure they're willing to dish out all that money every you know every 4 or 5 years for another 5 to 700 dollars just for incremental upgrades i could see what i'm getting at is i think i could see people hanging onto the hardware longer because they know that it will carry into the next generation and then eventually adopt the next one as opposed to instantly dropping one and moving on to the next one yeah because if it's working seamlessly throughout why why you know what i mean well i mean i did a poll on this yesterday and i know my poll could be very very limited but 40 percent said about six years for a console generation sounds more desirable for them but 30 percent. so the the, uh 30 said four years which is what we're talking about right now Uh, so the the mass majority of the people that vote in my poll like ten thousand people which is just doesn't say a whole lot but it does say that maybe people are cool with every four to six years getting a new console and then there are going to be the people who are like hey as long as the games are still coming i'll hang on to this 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 box the way it is and i'll upgrade when i dang well feel about uh how i when i feel like it but Rand yeah. and I were well, talking. Yeah. Well, because because cold is kind of like if you're someone who's playing Fortnite on your PS4 right now, and that's the only game you play. What incentive do you need to upgrade None. to your PS5 at this point, or even someone doing it on on, on Xbox? It's like what incentive well, is there for? I you? mean, 
let's be honest, you you would know the answer to this. Like call the the latest Call of Duty, is it available on PS4? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I don't. I don't so, yeah, I'm pretty. Like, I think so. We always talk about these diehard people that only play one game, and there it's a real thing. It's why Jim Ryan was so afraid to lose the power of Call of Duty on their platform. Uh, I have a family member who plays only Call of Duty and Fortnite on a PS4, and the thing finally broke. Like, there's no incentive to get an upgrade unless uh, the thing breaks on them. Because, and- hey, I think Call of Duty on a PS4 probably looks pretty decent. And it f- certainly plays fine, but I don't know. Uh, you know the thing, Capono in the chat said, he goes, that's not good for business, Mac. Um, obviously, you're part? entitled to your opinion. I-, I think it was when I was talking about how people will hang on to hard and just, you know what I mean, a little bit longer before they, you know, uh, climb. Because not everybody, oh, hey, no, not no, everybody can Phil afford. likes that, remember? Phil, right, but Phil not, says that's not, good for business. He says the best co- console customer is the one that buys one box and just continually buys well, content for it. At, at the end of the day, there's two reasons. One, not everybody can afford a console every four to six years. That's number one, uh, you know, because a lot of people, especially now, there's a lot of rough stuff going on in the world right now, especially North America, being hit hard financially. And the other thing is they don't make the money off the hardware per se. The, the hardware is essentially just the vehicle to get you to the software because they make all their money on the software, especially a company like Microsoft, which is a software-based co- service company, right? And that's what they do. That's what they want you to do. They just want you involved and engaged in the software. So th- they don't care. And, and of course, we all know their their market, their their business plan is to keep you engaged. They, engagement is the key, whether it's on your tablets, your phones, your smart fridges, your whatevers. And your consoles and PCs, they want you engaged. So I think that they're not too worried about people hanging on to the older hardware. Say, you know what? I think I can hang on another year with this one because it's still comparable. I'm still able to play all the games I want to play. I would enjoy myself. I could still hang out with all my friends. Even if some of them upgraded, some of them didn't. We're all together. And I think that as long as they do that, but the hardcore, which is like the 10 to 15%, will buy all the hardware day one. Those are the ones that, you know, you go ahead. You know, when the 4090 comes out, you had guys lined up to buy it. I'm like, who's got money for that? Like, you could buy half a Hyundai. You know what I mean? For the price of a car for 4090, for crying out loud. Yep, so it's yep. like, you know, it's like it's it's kind of crazy. But there will always be those whales in the market. But as long as you're engaged in the software, I think that's all I care about. Dang. Rand, do you disagree with anything Mag just said? No, not really. No. This is pretty well done, right? Yeah, next smart guy. He runs his own business. He knows what he's talking about. He does. Know I don't know, man. I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a pony bot, apparently. So I mean, yeah, we, we all have our we, we all have uh, our vices. So yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, before, I don't want to derail anything, but I want to read something. By the way, uh, uh, Colt, this is for us. I got a message this morning. Okay, Rand, you should listen to this. This is from Sith Lord, by the way, and I oh, promised him. him I would read this out. Yeah, great guy. And he sent me this. He said, thank you for always making my Monday uh, my Mondays better. I know when I'm done with dialysis, I have less than 60 minutes to go home, make dinner, and get ready for the show. And you guys are the last thing I hear when I go to sleep and the first thing uh, when I hop in my car on my way to work. I thank you mm-hmm. from the bottom of my heart for making my Mondays. Sith so Lord, I just yeah. wanted to say that. I just That's wanted amazing. to say that. Yeah, I just made that. You know what? No matter, I, you know, trust me, I read, Alex, I saw you in the chat. I see people writing nasty things once in a while about whatever. And listen, at the end of the day, when you get a message like that, that's all that matters to me. Is that someone out there that you, you, you did something, you made them happy, you gave them some entertainment, and, you, and you, maybe you gave them some info they didn't know about or even some, something that they could think about. So just thank you and thank all of you guys in the chat, all you guys and gals in the chat right now and listen to after. 
thank you from the bottom of our hearts for for making a great 2023 for us. Carry on with the show. See, Sorry, hey, I had to get you. that in there. I, I want to say something because you got you you guys both got me really emotional just now. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts over the many years I've been in this community and. Uh, the, the shows that I've listened to, Xbox Nation, Xbox Two, RDX, um, all these shows that I used to listen to um, before I had my own. Um, you guys don't understand that when I list, tune into your shows, um, even like Xbox Ultimate and the newer shows that I've been listening to, I really feel like I, I bring you guys into my home and we hang out in the family room and, and we talk gaming. So... Those of you who are here listening to the XC podcast, like it means a lot to Mag and I. We talk about it during the week, how appreciative we are. And then somebody says, uh, Colt's ugly without glasses and Mag's a pony bot. And then we, we go, oh, oh yeah. you rascals. But no, but we, uh, we truly, really appreciate it. And to hear Sith Lord say that he wants to get home, sit down to some food and listen to our show. It's like, I don't even know how we, uh, how we earned that, that privilege. But thank you so much. And um, I, I'm yeah, super grateful to have Rand here to too. It's it's incredible to hear because I get messages like that all the time, and I honestly sometimes don't know what to say back to that because it's like so disarming, and like someone's being like real with you about like, hey, I'm going through some stuff. Which hey, we all go through stuff, right? Sure. And we've all used different things to get through it. And then someone's being like, you helped me get through some of the worst moments of what. I, and it's like you, you sit there and like, well, yeah, that's why we do this. Right. And it, but it's just like, man, like the, the, the idea that like I could touch someone in that way and make them make their lives better. Like I, it's like, it, I'm speechless half the time. I don't know what to say. Cause it's like, that's like the, that's like a form of like the ultimate compliment. It right. Is. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'll tell you one thing. Anybody who's ever DM'd me, I have never not answered back. I, every last person. I have people talk to me about their private stuff and say, hey, man, you know, and just like you said, Rand, if you like getting a hold of us and saying, listen, uh, you made me laugh. Or that thing that you did or the little skit that you put on uh, on, um, on TikTok or, or on YouTube or whatever. <laughs> Half naked. I don't put, yeah, I don't put my stuff on YouTube because I'll get... I'll get I'll get banned, but I put it on TikTok. I put it on Twitter X and all that kind of stuff. So I do the and I'm like, hey, that literally made me laugh. That made my whole day because I'm going through some hard times and this and that. And uh, any any kind of content, whether it's here, whether it's my own stuff, and if it if it touched somebody in a positive way, uh, that that you know that's all that matters to me. That's all that matters to me. And of course, right away in the chat, Mag is a pony pot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you, know, you, guys, you guys don't you guys don't cease to amaze me you guys always make me laugh i, I absolutely love it. i'm assuming you're joking so. yeah. yeah thank you so much rand and i talk a lot like almost every day and i'm called it, week, week weekday <laughs> friend but not his weekend friend i've started to dip into a little bit of calling him when the family's not looking and and just hey rand i haven't heard your voice uh, he's a, he, he, <laughs> so we'll talk like monday through thursday but i won't hear from him from friday through sunday so you don't exist <laughs> That's when he. That's when he moonlights at the strip joint. So yeah. he's busy. Yeah, got to earn that extra money to buy those cars. I'll close this discussion out by saying, you know, Rand and I talk a lot about our personal lives together, and and uh, never, never in a million years would the three of us have thought that we would hold audience with more than three people talking about video games of all things. And I say this a lot on the show that if you went to work and went into the break room, and started talking about the adventure you had in. Um, in RoboCop or Baldur's Gate three, they'd be like, "Okay, hey. and they walk off. <laughs> yeah, you weirdo, get out of here." 
Hey, but, so what happened on the latest episode of Grey's Anatomy? Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah, and then that's when I go, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, we really yeah. appreciate it. Let me get some supers. We're going to talk about um, third party, and it's it's a different discussion than you probably expected, and I'm really excited to talk about it. It's one of the reasons why I want to have Rand here, because we don't like to give Rand a lot of credit, but what he does give us is is a reasonable uh, take with some logic in it. Should we, should we talk, I mean, since we were just talking about generations, should we talk about yeah, the, actually, the yeah, Xbox w- rumor of an, a new Xbox coming in three years? I mean, but is that before I do a, that segue before I do that, I did want to bring up as a segue, um, the price cut on Xbox. And I oh, want you yeah. to take this Ram because you said something that, that I didn't even think about. Cause right now the series X is holiday priced at $400 in North America. And what, what did you say? Do you remember what your your take so, was on that? So it's three fifty right now on sale, three hundred and fifty bucks, which is an incredible bargain. I think anybody can could could say. In fact, it's sort of is such a good bargain that it makes the Series S. They just released the Series S at one at three fifty, the black one for one terabyte. It's the same price. It's like, well, why would anybody buy? So I was thinking, I wonder if they if they can't go back up to four ninety nine. Because it sort of seems like the market has determined that that Xbox at four ninety nine is too much, right? And a better price for it would be three ninety nine. And I, I think they're. I know Xbox kind of made the thing of oh for the holidays it's three ninety nine. I do wonder if that's like going to be the permanent price moving forward. Because it definitely and it definitely seems like there's more traction for the console at that price point, which. Duh, it should be. It's a hundred dollars cheaper or hundred and fifty dollars cheaper. But I think okay, probably people call me a pony about here, what I'm gonna say. I think yes, if you embrace it. I think if you put the PlayStation and Xbox side by side at the same price, I think that is a bad spot for Xbox. I think that is a like to be the same price and compared with that system, I think you need to be cheaper than that system because the PlayStation is just a more popular machine that people want to own over an Xbox. And we've seen that, you know, reflected in the sales here in the U S and then the sales in the rest of the world. So I think it would, I think it'd be beneficial for Xbox to actually, I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe they use the COD money that they get. Right. I think you could see maybe series X coming in at at, like, that's the new price point starting next year. Cause I, I, because you look at what the sales would be, and I know, like, okay, the console sales are just one aspect, one avenue of entering the Xbox ecosystem, but they're still an important one, yeah. right? I mean, even in the leaks that we got uh, that from Xbox leaking all their plans that we saw from the FTC stuff, their whole thing was, like, the console is the foundation of our business. It's still incredibly important. And you want to sell as many consoles as you can. I just sort of wonder with them going all the way down to 350 if they sort of feel like we really can't sell this system anymore at 499 and if after the holidays is over if they go all the way back up to 499 people are just going to look at that and be like ah no thanks considering it was just on sale for 350 so i wonder if we'll see the system just be permanently uh, on not on sale, but the new 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 uh, price being three ninety nine after the holidays. I don't know. What do you think, Mag? Ooh, man, that's a tough one. I can't see them going back up higher than three ninety nine after the. 
I really can't. I can't see them jump back up from 350 going back up to 499. I can't see it. I think that what they're going to uh, try to do is keep that keep that push now, and they're going to do that to get more people into Game Pass, get more people engaged in the product, especially when they have Call of Duty coming in the fall. I think that that's the big push. It's not just going to be for Senua Saga. It's not going to be just for Avowed. You know that the normies want to play Call of Duty. The best way to get those normies in there is keep the price down so they could use the Xbox as a supplemental console for something that they already have. Because you've already got the Xbox players in the ecosystem already, right? That's not who you're trying to attract. Xbox is not trying to market to Colt, to you, to Jez, to me. <laughs> We're already there, right? We're already there. The people in the chat, everybody listening. We're already there. You're trying to get those other people. Like, for example, what's what's the number one supplemental console of all time? Of any, of any, of any, what's the company that makes the most supplemental consoles? Is Nintendo. Because when you hear somebody, they got, I got a Switch and a PC. I got a Switch and a PS5. I got a Switch and an Xbox, right? Because everybody's, it's always like the cheaper option. And they have that, you know what I mean? They have that over there. You could get a Switch for like a, uh, 150 bucks. I think that's what they're going to try and do with this Xbox here so that the people who are not in the ecosystem keep it at the cheaper price. That will entice Sony play like Sony players, uh, maybe not, not not PC because PC they're they're getting the same games, right? They're getting the same games that Xbox has, so it would be the PlayStation players and the Nintendo players. You want those people in there, so why keep you keep the price down? You get them into the ecosystem, hopefully, God willing, and then that that would push you know games uh, Game Pass subscribers up. It puts engagement up, and then they can move forward from there. I can't see them raising it past three ninety nine beyond this. I, it just wow. that's my that's my that's my thought. And that's just that that's just the business model, I think, is to get these people into the ecosystem. Well, I mean, typically, that's what you want. typically, don't they drop the price 50 to 100 dollars in the holidays and it goes right back up? Right. Well, it depends. Usually not at the beginning. Right. Because the product is so, such in demand that you don't need to drop price. Yeah. I mean, we're three um, years in, but three years in. So you said earlier, I think you said it off the show, but I, and I agree with you. You said that. The PlayStation is being sold at regular price, and it is because it de- the market demands so. But Xbox is already losing money on the Xbox as it is at regular price, and now they've chopped it $100 just to stay alive. And it says a lot about the demand of Xbox in the brand um, as a piece of plastic. And um, you guys saying that they could possibly keep it at 400 I totally agree with that they should. I don't feel like Xbox always does what they should um, when it comes to making well, the yeah, right they choice for price. Be, they might not be able to financially be able to do that, right? This might also be retailer focused, but where retailers might have extra stock that they thought they were going to sell in November that they didn't sell. So now they're trying to shift stock. And one way to do that is to drop price because Microsoft will tell them, well, this is the MSRP. And they're like, okay, it's three ninety nine. But then retailers may be like, you know what? We really need to move these out. We we need space mm-hmm. for other things. So you drop another fifty. And let's be honest, a, a Xbox Series X for three hundred fifty dollars is a steal. I mean, you steal. when I when I told you about a Colt, you were thinking about literally buying another one just in case. Yeah, just, just in, in case, case mine dies. Sure. Just in case yours dies. Three hundred fifty bucks is is an absolute steal. Considering the Nintendo Switch didn't have a price cut the entire generation. They wanted the entire generation and didn't have a single price cut. <laughs> and they're still outselling PlayStation, so to speak, and in as much well, time. Well, not in, not really. In as much time. I mean, they've been outselling the PlayStation and since. Well, the sure, but I out. mean, if you're talking about like recently, the Nintendo Switch isn't really selling anymore because it's come to its end. Didn't it? Everybody just, that way. 
It just took a drop it, like this this fall, didn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it's, I mean, it's, everybody knows it's ending. Everybody who wants one has bought one. It's already got it. End of its it's its yeah. life so cycle. So this is this is a perfect question for Mag, and and I said this to Rand. Um, Rand said, you know, maybe they can't afford to sell them at a loss of a hundred dollars per unit or at cutting the price at a hundred. But my question for you, Mag, is can Xbox look at this and say we can't afford to not sell them? So as a person who does procurement for a product, like. Is it better to get rid of something and liquidate them rather than sit on them when no one wants to buy them at that price? Absolutely. And the reason why, it's a, du- it's a double win. A, you're moving the product out, right? So you want to do that anyway. Sure, you're going to do it at a cut. You're going to do it at a bit of a loss. However, those people, by the way, risk it for the biscuit. You know what? I know it's like whatever. It's Thursday in Australia right now, okay? But I need you to calm down already. <laughs> Jesus. Hold on, Mag, said, hold like, that he, thought. Hold yeah, that thought. Yeah. Gaz, Sorry. shut your filthy mouth. I will literally oh, yeah, drive here, my car through the Atlantic Ocean and punch you right in the taint. He says you know Doug what? is hosting X and C. Mm, he sure is. You know what? Our, Gaz showed up in the chat. Viewership went down 64 viewers in the ma- in a matter of 35 seconds. Unbelievable. Oh, my Thanks God. Thanks a lot. Anyway. Go back to your, your liquidation question, uh, Mag. Here's the thing. You're what, on I, what I would... What I think is a great idea here is that you, you sell it at a loss, you get it out there. But the thing is, you're not just selling it at a loss and then that's it. You're selling it at a loss, but you are opening up the market to X, the Xbox store, Game Pass. It's right there when you turn the console on. It's advertised right on the front screen. That's where you get the people, right? So you get, yeah. to get them in there, and then you're going to make it up on the back end on services. You're going to get them, and even if they don't, even if they're not in Game Pass, let's say they're just Fortnite kids or something, right? They get a Series S for Christmas, stocking stuff or whatever. Right, they're buying skins. They're buying whatever that you know. Portions of that still go to Microsoft. It still goes to the. It still goes to the ecosystem. You're still getting them mm-hmm. engaged in the ecosystem. The longer they stay on, every minute they're on, Microsoft's making money. So you, you sell at a loss, absolutely, and then you get them out the door. You move them. You get more people in there. You boost your numbers. Randy, and then we- when you've got a big game like like Call of Duty Golf War, then you really boost it up because they're already there. They're, they're already there. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's coming out. Bang, let's go to Game Pass for 15 bucks and let's go play Golf War. You know what I'm saying? That's fantastic. And that's how you do it. And then all of a sudden, Game Pass subscriber shoots up 10 mil. Jeez. Or whatever. Man, maybe you should get Mag to go work for Xbox and push some consoles. I'm, uh, I have, well, I, I, yeah, I've got a job. Well, you, you, for, see Xbox, you see, Xbox has been hiring a lot of ex PlayStation uh, people, huh? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> what was that job announcement today? Um, do they hire, they, do they hire pony bots or no? It's like a content and service person from PlayStation went over to Xbox. Like a, a former like PlayStation financial person, um, PlayStation director of finance and strategy, left PlayStation and he now joined Xbox as the senior strategic business planner in the Xbox division. So he walked. He walked into the, the into the offices eating a Jim Ryan cookie too. It was like what a great. But then not only that, but there was the uh, uh, Mina Koto. Me and Jess talked about on Friday mm-hmm. the uh, ex PlayStation exec uh, that is now working at Xbox, trying to bring more of the Japanese developers and publishers over to Xbox. And she's literally telling them to grow your business. You can't rely <laughs> on just PlayStation. You need Xbox. So Xbox has been hiring these ex PlayStation people. And, and, and the industry is small, and people know everybody. That's what they always say. But you know, it's. They need to buffer <laughs> off each other. They need to play. It needs to be a give and take between the two. You can't have just one. 
And that goes for both sides. You can't have Microsoft comp- by themselves. You can't have PlayStation by themselves. They need each other to feed off, and there's nobody else in the wings coming up. Nintendo is, uh, is in their own category. You can't even put them anywhere near there. Agreed. And there's nobody, there's nobody else scratching at the door trying to break into the market, at least, at least as far as we know. We know that Apple's kind of sniffing around. But Netflix Apple is around. Is, Netflix is doing stuff. Yeah, next, Netflix is doing stuff, but they're doing more streaming stuff. That, like, like, look what they just released, the GTA trilogy on Netflix. I think I saw it this And actually, it plays pretty well um, hmm. for whatever, for streaming off of Netflix. Pretty wild. But anyways, the point is, I'm talking about serious competitors. The only one that's kind of sniffing around is Apple, but they're not. They're not committing because they saw what happened to um, what the hell's it called, Luna, and the other one. Luna still Stadia. exists, by the way. Luna still still around. Google's the yeah. one that went away. Yeah, you know, Google Stadia. Yeah. yeah. No, Luna's around, but they've gone. They con. They kind of scaled back in terms of what they're. You know what I mean? Like they're not releasing monster two hundred million dollar AAA games and that kind of thing, right? So. Well, I believe they are the ones uh, doing. The new Tomb Raider game, I think. What? They are the publisher of the new Tomb Raider game. What? They are? I didn't know that. With Crystal I'm Dynamics? Pretty, I'm pretty sure Amazon is the publisher of the next Tomb Raider game, yes. Well, I, I know think that Amazon... Oh, Amazon's doing the show. I know that. Yeah, I think it was like a package thing where like what? they get the show and the next Tomb Raider game is with Amazon. So How did I don't Tomb Raider information get past me. I threw my hat off. I'm, I'm so pretty upset. sure. I mean, maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm like 99% positive on this. I'm, yeah. I'm trying um, to look it up. Yeah, but uh, I, I doubt the game would be exclusive to Luna because nobody owns Luna, and it would be a big catastrophe. But then Amazon, I think, also releases their games everywhere, unless it's just like on PC. So I would yeah. imagine Tomb Raider would still launch everywhere. It's they just, only have that one. Exclusive. Amazon's the publisher. Shout out to Fun Speculation. He said it is Amazon. That's unbelievable. By the way, Fun Speculation, how'd you like those Cowboys losing to my Buffalo Bills? Anyhow, Ooh. I just like to throw that in there. <clears throat> you, wait, the so, so, Mag, you didn't know that Amazon was publishing the next Tomb Raider? I am actually really upset that I didn't wow. know that. No. I knew they're doing the show because they're doing the show with the girl from the, the last Indiana Jones movie. She's writing and producing the show. And mm. uh, that woman there, I always forget her name. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they're, they're doing that. I knew that they were doing that, but I didn't realize that they were also producing the game. So that's uh, that's actually shocking to me. I'm, that's I'm, part of the, one of the reasons why Crystal Dynamics hasn't been shut down yet, is because other publishers are funding the games that Crystal Dynamics are working on. Right? Xbox is funding and paying for them to work on Perfect Dark, and right. Amazon is funding and paying for them to work on Tomb Raider. Because if yeah. they weren't, and if it was Embracer, and Embracer had to pay well, for all that stuff, Crystal yeah. Dynamics would probably be shut down by now. All right, Boy, I, gotta, I gotta ask the question. When's Tomb Raider coming out? And when is Crystal Dynamics done with uh, Perfect Dark? Who knows? I mean, this is this I... is the problem that I talked to. I think I talked to Gaz about this. And I said, you know they're working on a new Tomb Raider. He's like, they are? I'm like, yeah, you know, Crystal Dynamics. And, and now I'm learning tonight, Amazon is publishing it. He's like, they are? And I'm like, yeah, when do you think that game's coming out? He's like, I don't know. 26 27 i go and and they, and crystal dynamics said we're gonna work we're gonna get out perfect dark after that game no they didn't say that they did not say that what did they say that, they that's what say i remember anything. them saying it was it was no they didn't say that it was they said they it needed, was go ahead it was a insider who is who has good ties to crystal said he said that crystal was going to release tomb raider first then perfect dark okay crystal oh, dynamics yes, hasn't right. said anything about it okay so I don't so, know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. For all we know, Blade and Perfect Dark 
are launch titles for Xbox Next in 2026, which Cole Eastwood told me in a video <laughs> the other day is coming in 2026. Hey, you know what? Oh, I already said Blade was a next-gen only. Con- I, I get- well, not next-gen only, but it's going to be launching on yeah. the next-gen system, and yeah. everybody yeah, freaked did out. Say that. I was like, okay, that's how I'm hearing that from reliable Meg, people. Meg also said that it was going to come out on a Thursday. Exactly, yeah. a Thursday at exactly 9.15 a.m. I, I got some comments and questions I got to get to before we dip into that uh, that other stuff that folds in there. Uh, Anonymous Boss, welcome to the Early Access Channel membership. Sith Lord says, hello, gentlemen. Thanks for making this year better. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Rand, he says, stay warm and stay safe. 2024 will there. be a best. Uh, yeah, it, right now in Chicago, let's see. Right now the temperature is yeah, I was gonna say, a balmy 24 degrees. Well, I got I got to ask in the chat uh do you have snow forecasted for Christmas time uh cuz I don't think we will where we are Randy are you supposed to get oh. snow Oh by Christmas, Christmas Christmas um your weather, looks man. like we're projected to be in the 50s on Christmas I'm I'm we're at 56 degrees today here up here mm, it's basically like it's like it's almost t-shirt weather in Canada it's ridiculous huh? Yeah yeah, it's, no, a, it's no, a bonely no, no, 56. No, no, no. We've got a cold front coming in. Yeah, like that. Hargy Chani, thank you for the chat. And shout out to Hargy Chani for uh, doing something really fantastic for a close friend he, of ours for Christmas. Sent him he a did. big, big Christmas gift. And uh, Hargy's got such a big heart. And um, our good friend Fonz from Games Talk Live, you know him as Jay Fonzarelli. He's had a he's had a doozy of a year. Like It's been rough. Lost both of his parents. And his, his job just ended. Like it's, I've I've never seen anything like that in the community. And Hargeet sent him a gaming PC, so it was nice seeing you on Xbox, buddy. We love you. <laughs> Hargeet says Hogwarts got nine BAFTA nominations, including some including Game of the Year nomination. But I guess it get, it didn't get snubbed by the Keeleys. Where he rolls his eyes. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, it's good to see Hogwarts get its love. Dead Planet says, thank you for the five dead. He says, curious on now how Mag stays sane going through the pony firing squad. I mean, crossfire podcasts every now and I, again. <laughs> Poor guy should have put himself through that. Oh, actually, you know what? I was there. First of all, Mooch is actually a very close friend of mine. So, uh, but uh, the, I actually, I went on there last Friday for about 25 minutes or so. And um, I just passed by, just said hello to everybody and just uh, gave my two cents and went on it. No, everybody was actually quite nice. So yeah, I'm uh, I, I can sort of like you know weave my way into different communities and stuff. Cause the the number one thing is you want to do that that kind of thing. It is kind of funny what you said, but it, listen, if you just keep it gaming and you try not to be toxic. I know I make jokes about being toxic in my Pony Master videos and stuff, but those yeah. are just jokes. If you keep it pretty down the middle of the road and you you know you're fairly nice to everybody, no one really comes. I mean, some people do, but like you know, there's always going to be that you know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mooch is a good time. dude. Yeah, we've known, Mooch we've is, all yeah, known Mooch for a while. JD Gamer, yep. thank you for the two dollars. He says pathetic port begging ponies got no games. Yeah, their their roadmap looks pretty rough right now. We'll talk about that later. Hargy drops another five and says, "I missed the one area that PlayStation is the market leader in Pornhub, the top game on that system." I'm not familiar with that game. I think it's a turn based. Uh, he says, "Now we understand why they need." You know, Hargy. I made that joke to, in Boom in one of Boom's private DMs too. I said the haptic feedback features on Pornhub are amazing, and you you came up with the same joke. Fantastic, amazing, great minds think alike, sir. I, I try to keep a level of quality on this show, you know, no. a level of 
No, it doesn't happen. I mean, I had Gaz on here for crying out loud. Red Wolf is a member for 19 months. Good friends is recipes to James McCaffrey. Max Payne was the first game that I played where a third-person shooter elevated the narrative with yeah, the man. monologue. So good. Uh, crying yep. emoji and a heart. JD Gamer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's play the lasagna for, uh, for, for Rand. Have you tried the lasagna? It's my favorite. Mm. I mean, lasagna is pretty good. I mean, lasagna lasagna is what they call pizza in Chicago. So you know, it's <laughs> right. like it's like it's like this thick. It's like got sauce on. It's a big mess. There's cheese. Yeah, they, I don't know what the, what the hell they're doing down there. Don't, don't, wow, mess, okay. don't mess with Rand. He knows where the real yeah. pizza is. I know. Real I'm just pizza. messing with him. I know where. I know he's just messing with it. All right, achievement unlocked. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> JD Gamer, thank you so much for the two. He says, not a good year for games on PlayStation Ponies. Got no games. He also says, Hellblade, South of Midnight, Call of Duty, and Avowed 2024. I, I got to ask, uh, Rand, Ooh, we've talked right. about this. Like, I, I don't think there's a good chance that South of Midnight's coming out in 2024. What's your thoughts on it? I mean, I think it could. I think it, I think it, I think it could. I mean, look, I know a lot of people look at the LinkedIn stuff, and sometimes that stuff's right, sometimes that stuff's wrong. But, I mean, Cody Eastwood, you were there. After the 2023 showcase where yep. there was a media event, and they did say that the games they showed could launch in the next 18 months. Yeah, yeah, um, I actually heard that directly from one of the leadership. So, I mean, but they also said we don't like to say that 12 month things. Well, sure, they us. didn't. They didn't come out and say it, but I mean, there's the possibility South of Midnight comes out, um, you know, next year. I guess I mean, 18 months from showing is not unheard of for a yeah. double A game. And how big, how I was going to say, how big of a game is it? I think right? it's like, double I mean, A because nobody... we had heard that compulsion asked for a triple A budget and was told, no, no, you're good. I don't know if, am I out of turn saying that Rand? I mean, I didn't hear that. So I don't know. Okay. I heard something like that, but um, I don't know. We'll see compulsions at one studio. Uh, that I don't, I'm not sure if I know how great they can be. And there's things I really love about We Happy Few, but they're that they're that one question mark. Uh, Jason Max said it actually pretty much what I was about to say. He just said compulsion has a lot to yeah, prove. I, I I I believe that. And the thing is, now that they have access to proper R and D, proper funding, and 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 security with Microsoft, they have the tools to make a great game. So let's mm -hmm. see if they have the let's say if they have the creative talent to be able to do that. Fernando Mora <laughs> saying hello from Mexico. Hello awesome. from hello from Canada, my friend. Yes, yeah, so that's so cool to see people from all over yeah, joining it. the show. We love that. Um, I was going to say this is such a poignant comment when you look at uh, one of the subjects we'll talk about later on the show is that your favorite studio five years ago or 10 years ago is most likely not the same studio that you love to death. People. A lot of those same people are probably people. gone. So it, it could stand to say that the people that were working under no funding or a Kickstarter thing like compulsion that now that they've hired up, I think they doubled their studio size since they came to Xbox. They could be, they could be a surprise hit game studio. Maybe, you know, what? I mean, you no, never know. Foolish foolish duke in the chat said i'm actually going to stand corrected very very rarely do i do that but i'm going to say i'm 100 percent wrong i thought that contrast contrast was an absolutely amazing really? co concept of a game do you played it right did you played it the one where you where you actually are platforming on shadows and stuff i played like it that? for like a half an hour, an hour, and it was like it's really dusty at that mo you know a couple years ago. I uh, I enjoyed it so much. I ended up getting the thousand achievement points on Jeez. it. I really enjoyed. It. I loved it. Uh, Man, I did it you play really, it? 
Do you like you play it? Ram? Yeah, I, I played it twice. Once on the 360 and once on the Xbox One. For yeah, for, yeah. Hmm. Cole played it for an hour, but then left it running so it could say he played it for 20 hours. <laughs> yeah, ask him how much time he has on Avatar right now, or ask him how much time he thinks he's played versus I how know, much time. I know I have. Te- I know I have 10 to 15 hours on Avatar, but last week it said I had 45 hours. Dude. I think the yeah. Xbox literally says you have 50 hours on yeah. it now. Yeah, I'm sure. Har- Hargeet agrees with us. He said he liked Contrast as well. It was a great yeah, game. I remember uh, him saying if, that. If they, can revisit, if they can revisit some of that uh, incredible creativity that they utilized in that game, I think that they, they can have a real, a real gem on their hands for Xbox. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are some special, really special things about We Happy Few that just aren't fully fleshed out from a game that was taken over by Gearbox, of all people. JD Gamer with the fives. Thank you so much. He says, remember Halo Gears Forza Mantra? Well, PlayStation... Well, he's really toxic tonight. He says, PlayStation... Gamer, <laughs> did you snort some Coke before the show, man? You're like wild. You like hot fudge Sundays? Yeah, uh, holy mackerel. He says, Anyways, well, well, PlayStation now has a Spider-Man, Last of Us, and Horizon Mantra. Question is, do people get tired of them? Um, I mean, we wouldn't talk about this very long, but I should bring it up now. The last of those factions was canceled after Neil Druckmann said, we have so much to show. And then a recent report today said the game was so fun. We had to completely cancel it. And that was reported by dual shockers. Emotional damage. Yep. You like hot fudge Sundays? All right. Ran, yep. Ran, I got to hear your take on this. Um, the last uh, of the factions. faction situation. Yeah. Oh. Let's, let's go into it. Let's I mean, it it's la- it's hilarious that the the developers like, dude, it's the most fun multiplayer game I've ever played before and after. And it's like, well, guess what? You're never playing it because it's not coming out. Um, what a crappy thing to say, you know? Like, it's just like, oh man, this game was so good, but and it, I don't know. Like, I will say that, uh, and, and Mag may agree or dis- disagree with me on this, but I will say the Naughty Dog PR uh, statement that they put out about the faction's cancellation was masterfully crafted masterfully because they presented it as a binary choice to their fans about, Hey, you want us to do that dirty live service that everybody hates, (laughs) or do you want us to make those amazing naughty dog single player games that everybody loves? And everybody of course is going to be like, well, do we hate live service? Sounds like the perfect single player. (laughs) So yes, you know what? This is actually a good thing. This is actually a great thing that you spent four years and all this money and all this time working on this game. And you know what? It's fantastic that you finally With decided nothing from you it. except for remasters and, and updates to yeah. the same it's game. It's actually fantastic and genius that you're now uh, going back to single Ran. player, right? Ran, why is it always, why is it always when PlayStation has bad news, it's like, and this is why it's genius. Yeah, well, it's like, no, I mean, it's it's masterfully PR because their fans loved it. They're like, well, yeah, duh, we want single player. Get this garbage multiplayer out of here, right? Uh, but it, I don't know. It, I feel like it's it's more complex than a binary was either we do this or we do that, right? And it's kind of like, oh, it's like, yeah, okay. The thing is, running a live service game does require a lot of people, does require a lot of... Talent does require a lot of resources, and that's something you'd have to plan for. And that's something when you're making a game like that, you would know, like, hey, this is going to take a lot of our studio resources away. Um, and it's like, to me, it's kind of sad and maybe an indictment on Naughty Dog leadership that it literally took them how long 
before they realize that they would, you know, have to essentially make their studio into a lot, like, right. Cause originally it was just supposed to be a mode for last of us part two. And then nobody was asking for anything else. Nobody was asking for a standalone live service. No game. They, they wanted just, a, They wanted another mode. what of what they love so yeah, much on the first game. It was game. just give us a mode. People and then that. they're like, but Oh man, this game is so huge now and our scope and our ambition. They're so beyond it. We got to actually make it its own thing. Oh, so it's like, okay. That, you, sorry. Well, so you, 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 they go and they make it its own thing. You think they're progressing and progressing. You know, he comes out at, at Jeff Keeley's show and is like, oh man, it's like the biggest thing we've ever done. It's on scale with their single player games, showing off concept art, right? Being Bro, like, hey, that which concept one? art was fire, wasn't it? I mean, look better than Blade's concept art, oh. you know? <laughs> at least Blade will come out. Um, but, and then all of a sudden, you just. Third party, you, you, though. You had the Jason Schreier. Stuff where he was like, "Hey, Death, Bungie came in there and Bungie shut him down." Bungie's like, "Nobody's going to play this," which was more really not well timed. Well timed on that, yeah. And then suddenly the game's on ice. So here yeah. you have this. Here you have the statement being like, "We're going back to single player." They didn't say anything bad about the game, Mag. They didn't say, "Hey, guess what? It just wasn't good enough." You know, we couldn't really nail this aspect or that aspect. Blah blah no. blah blah blah. It was. We made a decision. It was either this yeah. or it was single player, right? When in reality, you what I think more likely is the case is that Naughty Dog, this wasn't a guaranteed success. And I think that frightens them. I yeah. think it also frightens PlayStation. Like, no matter what you do, you could put out Last of Us Factions and it could have been the most fun multiplayer game, like this developer said. But... Just putting it out and having the Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog name on it doesn't mean it's a success. So they could have put it out, and Bungie could have been right and said, hey, nobody's going to play this for two months because you guys don't know what you're doing, right? And then guess what happens? Maybe Naughty Dog crumbles. Maybe they got to lay off a bunch of people because now that game failed. So what are they going to go do instead? They're going to go do games which are their bread and butter, which are probably going to be successful, but they mm-hmm. never, but they will never be as successful as a successful live service is going to be. And we know Sony is trying to break into that because they need that extra revenue. I think they were just scared to release a product that essentially wasn't a guaranteed success mm. and could essentially be the downfall of their studio. And instead of trying and you know uh, essentially releasing it like kind of like halo infinite where it had some problems but then it you know you you kind of you you roll with the punches or even expand like respawn who's able to somehow do apex legends at the same time of releasing two huge star wars games right yeah they had to build a separate studio to essentially run apex legends but you can do that because apex legends is already super successful Whereas this is a giant question mark. The live service stuff is a giant question mark. So we're going to shift away from that because we're not sure. And we're going to go back to the things that we know are going to be successful, but just not as successful as the other one. I don't know. As, as I didn't really, I don't know, personally, what I, what I, what I want them to do, I'd rather I'm doing the single player. But if this was an Xbox studio that wasted four years of time 
and is not like, hey, we're scrapping that and we're going back to single player, I'd be thinking about the wasted money. I'd be thinking about the wasted resources. I'd be thinking about, hold on, are you even going to release a game this whole generation? Yeah, I wouldn't be worried what, about what they wasted in the in the interim. No, I, I would. No, I, mean, I would be. I would be worried because I. But would you be have thinking, to ask when is Naughty Dog's next game coming out? Now well, yeah, that they've scrapped the like, four so, years, right? So, am, am I not going to get a Naughty Dog game now until the PS6? Is that the cost of this because you spent all this time and money? on this product project that went no nowhere so i don't know mag what do you think am i am i off kilter here no, on this or? i don't i don't th- no i don't think you are at all actually i think that uh, dropping this was probably the best best thing they could do if you if you weighed out all the different options tarnishing the reputation of a company like uh, naughty dog i think it would be better to just take the licks right now and then come out with a superior product later on down the road the way they word it that's sony that's sony that's that's the way they do this, right that's the way they uh, they, they do their PR work. They always twist it in a way that it makes it seem like this is better for you in the end, which actually they're not actually that far off the mark, although I would have enjoyed to play it. But hey, you know what? Was this really a surprise to anybody in this industry or anybody who watches close in this industry? The fact that we didn't even see one iota of gameplay of this thing in the entire time they were talking about it leads me to mm-hmm. believe that there was this that there was no hope for this game to begin with. And the reason why they kept it so under wraps is because it just wasn't going to happen. Dead Planet, that was really funny. He, you know, he caught what I said when uh, when Rand said something about Blade coming out. And I said, yeah, but it's party. But nobody else caught it. But uh, hey So uh, anyways, back to... Um, Last well, I got to say, I, I have to say that yeah. when I said earlier, before we got into this conversation, that your favorite studios and the people that make that tick are, are probably not there. There was reports that in Uncharted 4's development, which came out in 2016, that Naughty yeah. Dog was in all kinds of turmoil. They brought on 12 studios to help them make The Last of Us 2. Whether you like that or not, it makes a big difference in what I'm about to say. But if you're hoping for the same greatness that delivered the Uncharted series to come back and do something amazing in 2028. I mean, I don't know if those people are still there. I can get really excited about Mass Effect 4, but I remember, hey, all of my favorite people in the early decade of the first of the 2000s era, those people no longer work at BioWare. So I really hope that new blood can come in and recapture that magic. But we have every right to wonder, is this going to really happen? And Rand makes a good point when he says, if this happened to an Xbox studio... We already know that PlayStation cannot deliver the single player and the multiplayer aspect in one package. And I know that 343 has its major problems. They delivered a really great campaign and a really great multiplayer suite that was lacking and had a year of lag after delay, plus the delays, as I mean. But when you stand back and say, well, look what 343 did that Naughty Dog couldn't. I know it's a horrible comparison, and and maybe it sounds like it's super console worry, but... Um, I don't want to give 343 the props, but when you step back and go, man, I mean, for the coalition or these other studios to yeah. give you co-op campaign, co-op multiplayer, competitive multiplayer, and a great campaign, you can see why these games are taking so long. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, the thing is, I think what they did is that they tried to pivot with when they when they had the last of us factions they were working on it with last of us 2 that's when sony started thinking about doing the games as a service thing when they started doing that then they said you know what guys don't add it don't add it at the end of or as a package with last of us 2 
We're going to release it separate because we're going to start focusing on games as a service. Not entirely, but it's going to be a division that maybe we can break into. And we don't have to rely on Call of Duty money, Fortnite money, Apex Legends money. At least the pittance that they get instead of being able to produce uh, produce and publish their own game, right? Which is what they wanted in the end. They wanted an Apex Legend. You know, they want their Warzone, whatever, right? So the thing is that they went about it the wrong way. I think that they went to the wrong studio because they, I know that they could trust Naughty Dog. But the problem is... They should have gone with IPs that they've been sitting on for two friggin' de- uh, generations. They've got uh, uh, resistance. They've got so kill zone. They've got so they got so calm resistance. They've got um, yeah. I mean, like, it's insane. What, but they're what dead franchises. But they're dead franchises, though. Last of Us yeah. has brand what they have? power and appeal. Last of Us is HBO show. But nobody right? knew what Apex Legends was, and look what they sure, did. Sure, with sure, that. sure. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but I'm just saying, true. like, if you launch if, to a new, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, if you're, if you're, look, I just want to say, I think Jim Ryan is a baller. You want to know why? <laughs> Jim Ryan is a baller because he's essentially piecing out before any of the, his decisions, ha- like, come to fruition. Like, his main c- competition just bought ABK, and it's finally rolling in here. But his decision about moving things to live service, he's like, peace. I'm out before any of those ramifications ever hit. It's somebody else's problem now, right? Sure. <laughs> I gotta tell Maggie. Problem. I gotta Reminds tell Maggie. It's like Iyer. it's like Jim Ryan getting up from the dinner table with a big at a big banquet room, and he accidentally has the tablecloth tucked into his shirt. And when he gets up to leave and retire, he just pulls everything on the floor. And I know I said earlier what I said earlier about PlayStation not being able to deliver the full package. Nobody can argue with me because they didn't just cancel The Last of Us Factions, Rand. They also took a look at half of their games and service projects in the works and mothballed them. Well, and, and everyone them. forgets no, well, about they, them. They, 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 uh, they, they delayed them, right? Which makes me wonder, Mag, if delayed Sony them? was... Well, no, that's what they said. They delayed them. They, didn't, they, didn't, they haven't canceled them outright yet. They just okay. pushed them back. But if... If live service was the way how you were going to grow your revenue because you want your own Fortnite. Right. And now, not only are you pushing six of them back to an indefinite time period, who knows if they ever come out. One of your biggest ones, and maybe one of them that was had the most chance to succeed from a premier studio of yours, Naughty Dog, is now basically saying, you know what? We're not doing this. And it's going to be a while before we release our next game. So you can't really expect any revenue coming from them. Where does PlayStation make up the lost revenue that they were expecting to get from this live service push? Because they've already raised the price of games. They've already raised the price of their console. They've already raised the price of their subscriptions, right? They need to grow. Their investors want them to grow. They're trying to compete with Xbox in a sense. And Xbox just went and bought ABK that has a plethora of successful live service games already. Right. Where does Sony make up this lost revenue that they were ex- that they were expecting to have down the road? Now that the live service isn't looking so good, are yeah. you going to get it from single player? I mean, the reason you did this in the first place was because single player has a cap. The, you're selling to the same number of people you're always selling to, but now the games cost more, so you can raise the price of the game. So where is that coming to? Is Sony now right. going to have to look and be like, maybe we have to do day one PC on everything now instead of maybe only doing it? on um on games live service releases now it's like maybe we have to do it earlier than expected on sure. the next god of war or the next spider-man or whatever because where where do they make up that that lost revenue that they were hoping, hoping for, for essentially yeah. 
Sure, because at the end of the day, what they need to do, and they've said they talked about it before, is that they need to subsidize the prices of those first-party single-player games. And the only way to do that was through those live service games that they were getting. They're, they're still getting those games. The only difference is that they're not getting the same exposure that they were before because now they don't have the marketing deals because now Microsoft owns Call of Duty. And starting next year, Call of Duty is going to be splashed with an Xbox logo. Right, so that the the, the the brand recognition is going to slowly start to shift away. It's not going to happen immediately. There's still going to be a ton of people next year who are going to buy um, uh, Call of Duty on other console on the other console, right? Yeah. But over time, that brand recognition and as newer generations of gamers come in, like I've said it a million times before, they're not marketing to us. They're marketing to the young people who haven't even played Call of Duty yet. Right. When those people start coming in, when like my son barely started playing, he's 11. Right. So he's starting to play now. He's going to see the Xbox logo from here on out. And that's all he's going to know. And so from here on out, PlayStation's going to start pushing away. Right. And now it's no longer going to be the focus. They're not going to have that. So, yeah, Rand's right. But the thing is, the, the conundrum is where they're going to get it from. I think that they should unearth those old IP and give it a shot because at least you have some older gamers who do recognize the titles. Like I said, your kill zones, your resistance, or your SOCOM. But if you make a quality game, you can have something that could possibly rival. I'm not saying it's going to beat them. It's not going to, I'm not going to be better. Maybe it makes half the profit of Fortnite or maybe a quarter, but even a quarter is better than nothing. So I think that they should at least give it a shot, something like that. I mean, Battlefield is always the, you know, the yin to the yang with the Call of Duty. Maybe not lately because the last Battlefield was, was ass trash. But I mean, the other ones all are pretty comparable, right? And yeah. so, like I said, it's like the yin to the yang with Call of Duty. They do well, but they do well enough that they still have enough money that, they're, that EA is willing to put more money into a sequel, right? So I think that they should do something yeah. like that. Well, and, they, then, and then Microsoft has got, like Loran said, those live service games, those, those are Xbox now. And, and as time goes on, people are going to slowly forget or not even know at all as the younger generation, like I said, it's going to be Xbox only because in their minds, that's all they've seen. So there it is, you know? Yeah. So it's like a war of attrition. I mean, it certainly changed from what, everything that we've thought of traditional gaming has been turned on its head. And I know I get into these conversations with people about where Xbox is as a brand. And, and Rand reminds me that, you know, the console's so important to uh, the name or the logo, but it's just one Avenue to get people in. And it'll be interesting to see uh, as, as Magnum Westward asked, when are we going to see the fruits of the ABK acquisition? I think that's early next year. Uh, Red Wolf with the $2 super chat, hit the like button. If you guys are having a good time, on the show. We really appreciate you being here. It's funny. Mag flips off his camera and then that slip flip flops, but Hey, we'll deal with it. Red Wolf says, let's get some ASMR about your favorite candy. Well, uh, I guess suppose Tobro would be my favorite. I'm not, I don't know about mag. He's not here, man. What would be your favorite candy bar? My favorite candy bar is Reese's peanut butter cup. Ooh. I just love it so much. I stick my tongue right through the middle of it to push out that creamy peanut butter and chocolate feeling. And I'm just, uh, I got to ask you a serious question about the peanut butter cup, Rand. Do you eat the whole thing in one bite or do you like bite it in like three, three chomps? Oh, I mean, I stick my tongue right through that middle <laughs> and I just worm it around like, you know, and then I take little, little tiny bites, little tiny bunny, little bites around, all the way around, around the, the side. Yeah. All the way around the end. Do you ever, uh, rake your teeth with the little ridges and make little noises. I do the same thing with Oreo cookies. I unscrew the top of one of the Oreo cookies and I just get that cream. 
Put it on my tongue. Did you just put a little little teeth scrape down? Lick the it of the right can. off that Oreo cookie. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Let's man, let's let's, let, let's delete this episode afterwards, shall yeah, we? We'll, we'll we'll have to edit that out. Other, but yeah, uh, yeah. Matthew Barrios or Decatron says uh, thank you for the super chat. He goes, "I'm a subscriber and a Patreon member, but I'm really here for Rand." Mm. Isn't that nice? He says, also, make sure to put some gas in that generator. You're uh, you're charging your Tesla, Mag. Gamer by choice. Thank you so much for the five. He says, Xbox introduced games. What? 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 I just got back because I had to go to the bathroom. Uh, Why did you bring the mic in? (laughs) Leave the mic on? You should have heard. Did you hear the stuff Rand was saying about the Oreo cookie? No, I missed all of it. Oh, man. Mm. I was getting hot under the collar. I still have gas-powered cars, by the way. I don't just have a Tesla, you know. Yeah, he said make sure you put that gas generator in. Gamer by choice with a $5 super. He says, Xbox introduces games early. People are upset and impatient. But then they do not announce games and people are concerned. What are they doing? What the heck? Well, gamer by choice. The problem is Xbox's consistency. Consistency, as Mags and I have said, you know. It's been um, eight years since they bought these studios. And the games are kind of sporadic. And they need to be more consistent of when they come out. And then, uh, you know. It's been three years with no release dates or release window on some of these games. Or they we haven't seen anything past the cinematic trailer. That's why. I think once they show that, some of this stuff will kind of uh, ease its way into a little more smooth reaction, don't you think, Rand? I'm just thinking about Oreo cookies and Reese's now. <laughs> I'm looking at the chat, and they're disgusted. Rand, would you open up an Oreo cookie and put a Reese's peanut butter cup in the middle, close it back up, and eat that? I've never done that, but that sounds would, like that would be fantastic. I'm going to have to I, try I that. that. I'll do it. This this uh, episode of XNC is sponsored by Oreo Cookies, a, a Mars brand. I don't know who makes Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, but uh, thank you. Hit the like button if you're having a good time. JD Gamer with another one. He's this pathetic port-begging ponies. You got no games, says with his whole Jeez. chest. Say know. that five times fast. You should have used the more alliteration in there. Pathetic port ponies, you pitiful, petulant. (laughs) (laughs) Dex has been a member for one month. Says, thoughts on the rumors that Microsoft starts a new gaming gen in 2026 early, like the 360 started early. Uh, We'll we'll get into that too. JD Gamer's got another one for a five. What do you guys think about the rumored Paramount acquisition? And what do you mean? What does it mean if it happens and Microsoft goes after Spotify again? Rand, you want to cover this question quickly? Paramount Paramount exclusivity. The Paramount thing sounded like more like Bobby Kotick was in discussions. And I know people are like, well, Bobby Kotick's head of Activision, so that's a Microsoft thing. But it sounded like it was more sort of like what he was thinking about doing after he leaves. Because, you know, he's literally leaving in 13 days, 14 days. So I don't think it was like an acquisition for Activision Blizzard it was going to be what Bobby Kotick was going to do after uh, you know, his time running Activision. I know a lot of people were like, Xbox, micro- it would be a Microsoft purchase, and oh my God, Paramount. But I, I think people are just, I don't know. They, I think they want it to happen because they want acquisitions to happen all the time. But I mm-hmm. really do think that was is one of the... Because Bobby's got to be thinking about what he's doing next, right? So I think that's what it was about. It was like they talked to Bobby... And everybody's like, well, Bobby works at Xbox. He's like, yeah, but only for another two weeks. So, right. So, is Top I don't think Gun there's anything going to, to be. Do... Yeah. I, 
I don't. I don't think Mission. There gonna be Mission Impossible games, Star Trek games, or the Godfather Gun, games. Top Gun Three would Top be exclusive to Xbox Blu-ray players. Yeah, I don't think so. I, <laughs> so I remember we got we were joking about that uh, yesterday about how somebody was like Black Panther is exclusive to Xbox because it has the only 4K Blu-ray Blu-ray player at the time. It's just the laughable stuff. It's the hopium. Uh, what's you know, that? You know what? You know what people were doing. You know the. Um, you know when uh, Microsoft acquired ABK and Bethesda, and they make those thumbnails where it shows it says Microsoft and it shows all the squares of the different studios and the names mm-hmm. of like the, of the game, like the big game franchises that they got. People were people were doing that with Paramount yesterday, yeah, and making like thumbnails with like Yellowstone and stuff. I'm like, guys, the neighborhood. With- I'm like, guys, it's not coming. They're not coming to Game Pass. I'm yeah. like, yeah. It's not coming. It's not. It's not like a Game Pass acquisition. I'm like, stop it. This is hey, Bobby. Hey, I'd be fine with free Paramount Plus with my Game Pass subscription, but I mean, I just could, thought it was could, that. That might actually be a possibility at this point because all the all the streaming services are losing money, so there's significantly. <sighs> but that's that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, it so. is. Hargit Johnny, thank you so much for the five. He says, so what do we think? Uh, gener- how long do we think generations are supposed to be? Ness came in at the at, in 85. Super Nintendo was 91, which six years later, followed by the N64 five years later. Um, yeah, Hargit sent that probably when we were around the time we were talking about the poll. I think six or eight years is probably what it's supposed to be, what it averages. But I mean, Phil said, I don't see why we couldn't have consoles be more like your your cell phones. And when he says that, it makes people mad knowing a new cell phone or a new GPU comes out every two years. But I mean, you just look at the market. Most people upgrade around four years. It's like, why not? And, and Rand set up really well. If there was more compatibility down the line with the architecture where the Series S would just play games and just play them really low grade. Yeah. Right? I That's think just like, it, go, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, okay, no, I was just going to say something I real was, quick. Because I was going to segue into yeah, go, like go, go, the whole go. Xbox in 2026 thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cold Eastwood told me about this in his video. <laughs> oh, and He spoke to I you did. directly, though, right? Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he was looking at me in the camera. So I'm like, oh, Colt is speaking directly to me. That is true. Um, yeah, and it was like, okay, speaking. what would be the benefits? What would be the cons of such a move, right? Assuming that PlayStation is coming in 2028. And they're releasing a Pro in 2024. They clearly wouldn't start the next gen. Like Xbox would get the leap on them. And Mm -hmm. to me, I guess like the only sort of downside is I would be worried about Microsoft essentially rushing to market a product to essentially beat PlayStation. Uh, Very much in the similar vein of. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, the 360. They they made it a goal to come out ahead of the PlayStation. And you ended up oh. with Red Ring and Death. <laughs> That's true. Right? Okay. And yeah. it, it's saying, like, when we look at the leak plans that, that that came out a couple months ago from 2022, where Microsoft's plans were, and I saw Cody Swood a video about this, so I know it's true, about an AI-powered Xbox that was coming in, like, 2028, essentially, right? Because the whole, the whole kit and caboodle was laid out, everybody, right? You could see Microsoft with all their dangly bits. You know, you knew when they were doing things, what year they were doing stuff. It was it was out there for everybody to see, and it was 2028. Yeah. So now there's rumors that okay, that none of that's actually true anymore. In fact, I think there's even talk that the refresh of the Series S and X, which were supposed to come next year, judging from those those leaked documents, that those might have been canceled. Well, hold on, hold said, on. Now. Where where do where do you get the notion that 
and I'm not saying I don't believe you, but but explain well, to the I mean, audience where you where where is it that well, the there's digital like a, there's there's like digital AMD, Series X is being canceled. The digital Series X. Well, yeah. no, I'm just saying. I, I think there's like talk among uh, people online that uh, like I think is I forget his name, but there there are people talking about this. Uh, like AMD data miners and stuff like sure. that, and 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 like YouTubers who cover this sort of stuff. That potentially, maybe that Series X re- refresh is canceled, and that they're actually just going to do Xbox Next in 2026 instead. So instead mm-hmm. of a new consoles next year, in three years you're going to have a brand new generation. Obviously, Phil did say that plans have changed, and that wasn't the true plan that came out. And who knows if he's just fibbing or if he's actually saying the truth, but is there any downside to Xbox launching next gen quote unquote, two years earlier than people expect If you can essentially get the hardware right and there's not going to be any massive failures like there were with the 360 and red ring of death, because you were trying to beat Sony to market. That won't happen I think again. those things are already We're, built in at this point. Like, well, you never yeah. know. You never know. It, it's I'm just one, saying. It's one of the checklists. Like, make sure you don't overheat. Um, that costs us billions of dollars. Would, I'm just saying. Like, would you guys want an X, uh, the generate and uh, the next generation of Xbox to start two years earlier than than we would think? They I, actually might have a lot of launch titles lined up. We know Xbox is very back heavy from 20, 2024 and beyond, yep. where they could actually have a whole bunch of games raring to go and you could start off the generation on on a really great footing with really great software uh you know game pass and all that stuff so i'm just to me there doesn't i don't i don't really see a con uh, like it's like okay if you're gonna do this like as long as the product's good and it's well thought out and I, I don't really see it's like well if you don't need to wait to 2028 i guess that's maybe some people would say like well that means it's going to be less powerful than the PS6 two years later. Yes, but then, it will. Which is true, it will. But are the power gaps getting to the point where they're kind of... The, 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 the leaps aren't as great as they've been previously? So would it matter that the Xbox Next Le- isn't as powerful as the PS6 two years later? But then Xbox would launch probably another product later on that is more powerful than the PS6? Like I mean, how if, much they did does- go, if they did go to five years... like. I have a lot to say on this because if they wanted to launch a next gen console or what they consider the uh, the next stopgap in 2026, I would absolutely want to buy one, and I know you would too, Rand, because we've talked about it. Like we like getting new hardware, and like Meg explained, we're the hardcore. We'll jump on the new hardware. The problem is, is like how much do you care about the power differential when two years later the PS5 six would trounce performance of the Xbox Series X two in 2026. And I, I got to read this. I'm going to jump ahead two super chats to face 23 Brooklyn in New York, who's been re- very tenacious about talking about Let me this. Guess. My, my buddy Face asked you if it's a problem for Xbox for Grand Theft Auto Five to be running at 60 FPS on the PS5 Pro and not on Xbox. Is that a question? <laughs> Ran, you're the best. This time he actually didn't. Uh, okay. Shout out to Face 23. He he is talking about the power, but yeah, he he loves that one. Uh, and that's an interesting one. I'll just say, I don't think it's going to be 60 uh, on the Pro. Anyway, he says, if uh, consoles are not the focus for Xbox, then what's the rush to release a new next-gen Xbox ahead of the PS6, especially since Colt says Xbox doesn't compete in price or power with the PlayStation? Oh, he's calling you out. He's And he's absolutely right because 
they are not competing in price or power at all, especially with what we talked about an hour ago where they would be possibly willing to drop their console down $100 cheaper so they can stay, stay competitive in the market. The problem with that statement is Phil and Yoshida both said that monthly active users is their measurement for success, not the consoles. Now, PlayStation has the advantage and the luxury of also competing really uh, well with the consoles and, and selling them just under the uh, Nintendo Switch. Now they're probably passing them, right? So it is important. Mag also said really well, so I don't have to say everything, that it's just another great entry point that you will bring people into the ecosystem via the Rogue Ally, the Steam Deck, PC, or Xbox console. So my right. thing about if Xbox puts out something in 2026, let me get techie for just a second. Do not expect in 2026 for the Xbox Series X2 to have Zen 6, you son of a biscuit. Okay, I won't get techie. Do not expect to have the latest AMD hardware that came out in 2026. Look at 2024's roadmap or 2025 because that's typically what PlayStation and Xbox do. So the best part about when Rand says they're going to get leapfrog, it won't matter. Xbox is like, if you want more power, get a PC. They said it to everybody. Every, you know, you get whatever you want. But if PS6 comes out in 2028, Xbox is going to come out with something in 2031 or whatever. And then it'll trounce. Like, I guess maybe it just gives Digital Foundry a, a, a longer road of I guess, their I guess maybe the I guess maybe the only drawback, and maybe Mag might have something to say about this, is, is maybe you put too much pressure on developers because i would imagine like okay they still have to make the xbox two xbox series s and x versions right but now if you got this other brand new system and who knows if they're doing two SKUs again with that then you like have them make another two versions plus the two versions that you're already making on playstation plus the switch 2 version and maybe the switch version probably just the switch 2 version plus potential ps6 version plus the pc version is that too much? Maybe that's a downside. I don't know. Mac, how are you feeling about that? I think it's too convoluted. I think it's too convoluted of a mess. They're going to have to, at some point, they're going to have to come to some kind of an agreement where they where there's going to be a seamless transition from one to the other and just move on. And it's going to be a power uh, arms race. That's all it's going to be. And it's never going to end. It's going to go, just like you guys were saying, one's going to be ahead for two years. Then the other one's going to be ahead for two years. Then the yeah. other one's going to be ahead for three years, whatever, on and on and on. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter outside of about the 15% of us that actually <laughs> care about this stuff. Yeah. What really is important is compelling software that's going to pe keep people going to the system. And the proof of the pudding is in front of everybody's face. It's the Nintendo Switch that I could power with a gerbil in a wheel. But it, but it is super popular and it's monstrous amazing games amazing software and and uh and and they sell like hotcakes constantly of course the price helps as well right but at the end of the day like i said there's only about 15 to 20 percent that actually are looking at the teraflops the frame rates the this the that the performance you know the digital right. foundries that's just a small that's this big those aren't the people that are actually making okay we're the ones who actually bring in the normies as i'd like to say because we're the ones who talk to them when they say hey man you're a gamer what do i get for me and my my model whatever my son or my family i want to get my i want to get a, a console from you'll recommend something that you're you're playing or that you're engaged in or whatever else right so that's where they want to get you but at the end of the day it's compelling software 
I, gotta, I think that this arms race is just going to be a big mess. I think it's going to be a big marketing push. Like, for example, let's just say, for example, before people lose their minds. Hypothetically, right? Hypothetically, <laughs> let's say that GTA 6 launches with a PS5 Pro. They're going to market the living hell out of that. That's going to be like, you need this. Oh yeah, yeah. You got five well, more I'm blades assuming, of grass. Assuming Sony has the marketing deal for Grand Theft Auto. That's, as well. that, no, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, just right, hypothetical. Right. Or right. let's just say the Series X is the one that gets it. Say, so, you know what? The Series X. We're, we're, this is where you're going to get your best opportunity to be able to play GTA Six or whatever uh, with the best technology and this and that. If they can get it out before the, the whatever the other guys do. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, it's compelling software. It doesn't really matter. It's uh, what they're going to do with the with the power. Narratives is they're going to use it and they're going to clamp onto the other onto onto the software. Say you want to play the games the best way, you play it over on our system, and okay. that's all it is. But the th- that I think they're just going to use it as a marketing tool. Uh, how I gotta, much? How much of a? Well, I just I just got to ask Magnus. Mm-hmm. How much of Switch's success is also predicated on the ability to take your games at, at anywhere? It, right, that like is, the, that the, the mobile thing. the mobile yep. factor. Do you think Xbox should? Make their own handheld. Well, did we not hear something about a hybrid situation with the uh, with the Xbox? Yeah, there's a potential next console that will have some kind of a hybrid uh, tech that you could be able to take it on the road. With so it's crazy. Are you a, are you a fan of like the idea of Xbox doing a single console that's powerful, but then also a handheld, an Xbox? Sure, why not? Find handheld, and why that's not? what they go with. You'd be good with that. It's weird because the leadership not? loves those handhelds, like. You've got Sarah Bond and Phil and and their their leadership people playing on the Steam Deck or the ROG Ally, and they love it. It's like, hello, like this is something people want. The the shift to talk about when Ram, when you say like being able to play your games or take them where you want to, there's a couple of factors. The reason why Xbox, even during its success rate right now, is not selling more consoles. One of them is the you don't have to have the console. The other one, which I want to ask you about, Rand, is Xbox has had a pretty good gen where they've launched some pretty good games, but they've also had a lot of falters that PlayStation hasn't really experienced. And when we talked about 2023, like Redfall was a huge black eye for Xbox. And then Starfield had meteoric expectations and ended up being a really great game that didn't uh, change the world. Like Todd Howard said, like it would change your perception of your existence. Um those things are super important. Those banger games that you have to have aren't, isn't that Rand a, a total vehicle to sell a, a non-requisite console? What the games, the games, like the, the, the games banger are the most important have part. to have games. Yeah. The game, the, the, they're the most important part. And Xbox was able to sell a console with just gears tactics. And they sold a lot of them too. But yeah, I mean, you look you look at Xbox and what they have set up with ABK and Bethesda and all their internal studios. You know, the games, you know, like that situation, you would imagine if you are launching something in 2026, you could have a really great steady flow of content. Not only like starting, you know, this year, 2023, I think 2024 is going to have probably seven games or something. We don't even know. I mean, there could be a Fallout remake. There could be Forza Horizon 6 because that's three years, although who knows? A Gears you know, collection like Special Nick says. So there could be seven games next year, and then 2025 could have seven games, and you could you could essentially keep on having all these great experiences tying into the new platform with the whole, like, hey, we got Blade 
as a launch title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect Dark is like launch window. Fable. We got Elder Scrolls coming. We got new Call of Duties that have the Xbox market. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what they're they're thinking about. Maybe it's like, hey, this is this is a better way to do it than our other plans but we don't know i mean that's just like you see some really techie youtubers talking about it and and some like quote-unquote insiders amd people talking about on twitter is it a is is it going to happen i couldn't tell you i don't know but i just see a cold eastwood video about it so (laughs) i mean (laughs) i did see that there you gotta you gotta understand there are people who work in the hardware scene who have seen xbox probably looking at striking deals or sniffing around certain um, configurations for an SOC to build a chip that would be in the next console. And where there's smoke, there's fire, which we always hear about. And we know Phil said they're already working on the next consoles. And maybe some of that talk was about the, the new one terabyte series S or them possibly concepting the digital series X, which may never come out. I don't know. Uh, I think if Xbox wanted to continue to push hardware, like they sell controllers that they should continue to make that digital series X, but um, it really has to be the games. And I think the 2024 shows that they have the games, like they can't, they can't have a flub like Redfall, and they certainly have to go the extra mile in their games. And I'll sit here as a major Xbox fan and say that Xbox has to approach every single game they release as instead of this is great or this is good enough, they have to say what can we do to elevate our brand and, and the strength of Xbox game studios. You have to ask for more from those games. Uh, we've yep. got hello there with the $10 super chat. Thank you so much for this says with Xbox and Nvidia's recent partnerships. Why not have next gen Xbox be with them? The best way I see for them to launch two years early and still compete with the PS six switch to ports will be easier as well. And I think maybe what hello there is talking about. Why does not Xbox stop going with AMD and go with Nvidia? And from my limited knowledge of PC building, I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure AMD is cheaper per yeah, it's all money really. part. Yeah. yeah, it's just money. Yeah. Um, and, and you get really great performance out of in, uh, AMD stuff anyway. Red Wolf says, hey, Rand, can you get a camera? Thanks. Yeah, he's working on it. <laughs> you, I mean, why? Did you, did you want to see me camera close up when I was doing my, my ASMR Oreo oh. cookie and... Mag and I would pay did, did for you that. Want it? Mag didn't. Well, Mag didn't even hear it. So I mean, no, I didn't even hear it. I, I, I had to. I had to. I had to go to the bathroom. Well, I mean, hey, yeah. to I be fair, he did go to the bathroom during that. Mm, he did. Oh, jeez, come on, man. Where are we going with this? Red Wolf wants you to say, Mag, did you see what I said? Or maybe he wants to know if you said something. <laughs> I, no, someone actually said something at the beginning of the thing, but everybody's actually been pretty cool in the chat. So it's actually been uh, yeah. it's been a pretty chill night. Actually, it's never it's never the live chat. You know that's the funny thing, eh? The live chat has always been really nice. They're always supportive of, of what we're talking about, what <laughs> yes. we're doing, and everybody else. And they're always great. It's the comments after the show that the like the the literal like crystal meth psychopaths come out. I don't know where these people come from, and they're like. Mac needs to go to hell in a handbasket because he mentioned another console in two hours. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus, man. Or they say something like, Bolt, I no longer look forward to your face. And I'm like, Jesus, what's wrong you with do. these guys? Colt, you look like Doug from Nickelodeon. Um, I, I told somebody, I'm like, I like having Mag talk about PlayStation. Like, and, and then I messaged Mag. I'm like, you know what? Stop agreeing with me. And he's like, well, Colt. You know, but we. You know what? When I when I bring it up, and this is this is the part where a lot of people get misconstrued. Eh? I bring it up 
to buffer it against a, a topic that we're talking about Xbox. It's That's not a vacuum. Idea. It's not, it, yeah, it's like you're talking one, it directly affects the other. It's not like I'm sitting there riding a pony, I'm just like so excited. I'm talking about it because it's important and it's relevant. If people can't see that, actually someone else in one of the comments, he said, I could see that people are living in an echo chamber, it's actually quite sad. And I'm like, yeah, because they're not yeah. looking at the full picture. Anyways, I was going to say something real quick. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. What were you gonna... No, I was no, just going to say, I can understand. The... Yeah, go I just want to say, I can understand when we're talking about the, the last of faction cancellation, some people may be like, it could be kind of like poison Ivy. Like, oh, I don't want to hear about their crap. I don't care. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Jason Max. Thank you. He goes, I see. I saw someone you call you maggot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that's a well, that'd be a compliment at this point for mag, but, uh, <laughs> and, and speaking so, of, and speaking of maggots, if you maggots would, uh, we've got almost uh, 900 people watching. If you would hit the like button, get us up to 500, it would really Xbox achievement unlocked. It really helped. Unlocked. We appreciate yeah. it. If you're here and you're in the chat and you're talking to all your friends inside, minimize it for just a second. Hit the like button. Um, and if you don't, I will club a baby seal. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Even unlocked. That. Innocent animal murdered by Colt Eastwood. Um, nothing nothing really on. entices your, your audience than giving them a vital threat. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say one thing to, ch to wrap up that little topic that we guys were talking about and uh, talking about how it really doesn't matter what who comes up with what and who comes up with where and what times these consoles release and when this and who has the more power and this and that. At the end of the day, I was talking about compelling software. If mm -hmm. you actually look back at the Xbox 360 generation, what did they have about? They went through hell with the with like Rand was talking earlier with the Red Ring of Death. People were sending in their consoles. They had they literally had a factory full of dead consoles that they had to refurbish and then they sent back out in the world. They lost they lost tons of money. Whatever else. But people kept going back to it. Mm. Instead of saying, screw this console, I'm they going did. over to, to I wherever. I a red ring of deaths. That's what I right. always but, heard. But they kept going back. Why? They kept going back because the software was compelling. Look at how many incredible titles on Xbox during that generation. Games. Right. Well, they were great. They were yeah. all great. And then even games that were third party that but they were still exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem, like like the first Mass Effect, for example, right? Uh Bioshock, another one, right? So you look at those things and people kept going back. That's the key to all of it. The key to all of it, it's not about, oh, this one is like 0.8% faster than the other one. Nobody cares. They care about the games and they care about staying in there and playing again. And then when they're at work and they're thinking about, man, I think I know what I'm going to do with that puzzle when I get home. I'm going to go in and then whatever. I'm going to check the closet for the for the, the for the missing shoes or whatever, right? And when you're thinking about that stuff, that means that they gripped you, right? And that's how micro that's how Microsoft's got to do it. That's how ABK, Bethesda, Xbox Game Studios, they have to do stuff that makes you think about their games after you're done playing them. You're you lying never, in bed and you're thinking about them. You never logged off of the 360 or the PS3 because your favorite studios put out a new banger every two years. I think yes. it was like the average development for for a big game was like three less years. than three years. Yeah. Although <laughs> what Mag said is 100% right. He's also, uh, but it's also just half the story because let's be honest, the PS3 early in that time was a catastrophe. And the reason people kept on going back to Xbox was because PlayStation had no was, games. The PlayStation 3 was doo-doo water in the beginning, bro. Yeah. Nope, yeah. nobody oh, wanted it enough, and had nothing. Yeah. It was so, like, overpriced. It, it, well, yeah, that usually that's how the, this video game stuff goes. Is some is one of the console manufacturers makes a mistake, 
PS3 made a huge mistake. Suddenly the 360 and the Wii are just like unstoppable juggernauts. Then all of a sudden the Wii to the Wii U, Wii U is oh, like one yeah. of the worst selling consoles of all time. And then Xbox shot themselves in the foot with the Xbox One. This is like kind of the only generation where nobody really made any mistakes. I mean, pl- Nintendo's due, Rand. They're due. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they. I think they're going to do a Switch 2 and they'll be perfectly fine. Their games will still sell millions. I mean, people are really anticipating that. I mean, maybe you could talk about like what's going on behind the scenes at PlayStation right now with all the, you know, like cancellations of games and Jim Ryan leaving and all that sort of stuff. Maybe that's like... But I don't think most people would even know about that. I think that's only what people like on the YouTube space or even the Twitter space even think about. Most people are just like, I've got my PlayStation, I'm playing 2K, and I'm good. i got my PlayStation, I'm playing Fortnite. I don't care about any of their first-party stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I think the only people that... So, to, to I think the most people, nobody's screwed up. It's just that PlayStation and, and Switch are just so far... They're just so much more popular than Xbox is. Xbox sort of needs someone to screw up, even though they're doing everything they should be doing, right? They got a powerful system. They got a competitively priced uh, second system. They have a all these studios making games for the service that everybody says is the best, right? But it's 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 just because the Xbox isn't viewed as a popular system in comparison to the other ones. Yeah, maybe that maybe they do need someone to really fall flat on their face, you know. Well, I mean, if I look forward to Xbox's franchises that they've announced that they're working on games for, like, oh, I wonder if some of those studios will falter like that, that they have. Like, you're right. Most when you look at mostly for Xbox and PlayStation, they've done a pretty good job with just a couple of mistakes when it comes to games. But Xbox has Indiana Jones, Perfect Dark, Blade, Elder Scrolls Six, This Just Generation, Clockwork Revolution, Avowed, Fable, State of Decay. Will they be this generation though, Cody? Um, Will they be this Elder Scrolls Six, maybe not. Uh, Flight Sim, Hellblade. I mean, Max Outer says Blade is next gen. I guess it'd be cross gen, but still. Somebody asked yeah. about contraband, and contraband's being made by Avalanche, who made Mad Max and Just Cause Two and Three and Four, I think. Um, I don't know. That's another like question mark for me. I'm like, I used to, I love just cause two to death, but they really just didn't nail it with the other just cause games. And they no, did a great they, job with rage two in, in concert with, uh, rage with two is a great game. People yeah. love mad max as well. Right. Mad, mad max, max was, was a fabulous game. Actually, mad max was the first game I ever played on game pass. Uh, fun Ooh. little fact because it launched. Remember that with a hundred games that it launched with it, yeah. mad max oh, was one did? of them. That was the, Yep, and Mad Max was the very first Game Pass game I ever played. But you never played it, it on PlayStation or what? You you played it before. Mad Max no, is that's, fantastic. That, that's Pony Bot talk. Um, <laughs> that's a- well. Let me let me ask you guys if um, just regarding contraband, really quick, really quickly. Like some of the Just Cause games are great. Mad Max is fantastic. I think Rage Two is pretty darn good. Like, what are the Rage chances two. that contraband ends up being on the good side instead of the bad side of of uh, reception? We'll find out. I mean, it's tough to say. We what the trailer we saw was just an announcement trailer. We mm-hmm. don't know what it looks like, what it plays like, what it's supposed to be. I mean, we have like some Jeff Grubb and Jez uh, reporting on it, which I do think they kind of probably revealed it too early, right? Remember, this was Project Typhoon uh, oh, that was. they had okay. talked about, and then eventually was Contraband. So, you know, I, I mean, what are Jeff it, and well, Jez saying about like it, it's third person? It's I mean, like I don't know. I, I don't know. 
You'd have to ask Jez. I don't really remember the details on on what that is, and maybe maybe it's gone through a, a change. Maybe it's like refocused a bit. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like you have Grand Theft Auto coming out next year, and I wonder if it's one of those things where like, man, you better come out before Grand Theft Auto, otherwise your heist game isn't going to be. You know, does anybody care about a heist game after Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out? Right? It's going to be rough because I assume Contraband is a third person 1970s era cop chase. It's also uh, game. supposed to be supposed to be more vehicle centric. It's supposed to right. be much, like kind of like what Rage 2 was doing with a lot of the vehicle stuff. That was supposed great. to be more cool. more more vehicle centric than like on foot stuff. I don't know. We don't we don't we don't know because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it in two years. Maybe we'll see it this year. You know, E3, right? Yeah, because Xbox yeah. showed up at the at the Game Awards and dropped some big announcements. We we expect there to be a a, 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 a direct shoon, and maybe they have more surprises lined up because they got a lot of games they need to to roll through. I mean, the direct yeah, was five have... games last year. Like, does Xbox say let's just pick five games and and show those in January, February, or do you think they're like, hey, we kind of need to show more because we have they possibly have six games coming out from from. Their camp. I think year, if they just show year. if they show just 2024 for now, I think that's good enough because you're yeah. gonna have a nice you're gonna have a nice solid push if you show let's say four games for this year or three. Yeah, well, you know, you can. You also have the June show, Mag. Not yeah. not long so, okay. after that. Right. Okay. So that the, the June show is what you reserve for your Call of Duty reveal. And then into and then you touch into the beginning beginning of 2025. Shout out to Double Barrel Gaming, by the way. Go sub his channel, please. Let's get this guy on a high note at the end of the year, please. Let's get some major subs over there. Um, yeah, what I was gonna say is I think that at the June showcase, you you show Call of Duty, you give a better look at what's coming out in the fall, and then in the early 20, like you know, from the January to May sort of release, and you show what's going on over there, and then uh, it gives you just just a little bit of a taste what's coming out the year before, but. Still, focus on what you got coming up this year because you want to stack heavy for the fall, right? Fall's always the Super Bowl of gaming time anyway, right? So right. you want to do that, and you got a guaranteed you know, a, a banger with Call of Duty, presumably. So the best time to do that, that reveal, would be in June. What and if, I think you do that in one of the game. What if uh, Sea of Thieves and Hellblade 2 were working on a PlayStation port for the near future? I could see Sea of Thieves, but not Hellblade. What kind of what kind of lopsided logic is that? Well, because Sea of Thieves is a games as a service game, that would make sense to have that sort of. But it's six years old. Like everybody, the masses that have played it, like how many would jump on a PlayStation to try their hand at Sea of Thieves? Oh, I, I don't know. I just, how many? It couldn't hurt. How many? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, there's probably more on the Switch than the PlayStation. I think it'd be more successful on the Switch. Sure, yeah, that'd be a great game for like playing. Like, you but know, I mean, like you're talking about, like, stuff. hey, what's what this like this game or that game? Like, it would be well, it'd be the games of service game because Hellblade's a one and done. You, That's you what can, I'm saying. You, I'm you, saying you, a games of service. Yeah, you're selling Sea of Thieves, and then Sea of Thieves also has microtransactions, and it's a game that you play for hundreds of hours. Like, yeah. Like so, you would do that over Hellblade Two, which is a one-time purchase. Okay, so yeah. the logic being that games as a service titles that have microtransactions or have an extended life, where they can bring people to stay on the platform playing, would be a good. Why are you thing bringing to... this up, Cody Swin? I was going to say what's your, that, this that was out of nowhere. Of... This is like left field. Like, hey, I was ready to say good night, and all of a sudden, I, he's like, what do you think, Cody Swin? Like, Whoa, to... what are we talking about here? Are we talking about third-party Xbox, Cody Swin? So. On? 
someone that I can't say talked about it on their podcast, but like the possibility of Xbox picking and choosing which games go third party. And I know that people like where there's smoke, there's fire yet again, but there's people who are uh, trying to figure out what this could really mean. And when I hear people say, Oh, you know, they can put the smaller games on. That's fine. I know Jess Corden said publicly on, on socials. He's like, I could see the ABK games and maybe some of the smaller games. But for me, that logic doesn't really hold water. Okay. Because they signed an agreement that call of duty will remain on PlayStation. But what is the rationale to just pick and choose which games if, if Microsoft and Xbox want to make more money by selling their games to more people by putting them on PlayStation, the answer is not, Oh, this one's live service. Oh, this one's smaller. The answer is you put them all on PlayStation and you make a ton of money on the PlayStation platform. And then if you want to draw people over to game pass through value and choice on the, what device you want to play on, you get them to subscribe to game pass. Yeah, but I guess the question is how many people are going to subscribe to Game Pass when all the games are on other plat other platforms that more people own. Right? More people own a PlayStation and a Switch than own an Xbox. So, right. Like if you were putting all your games on those other platforms, like people would just get the games there. They there would be no like it would just be people on the Xbox platform who would subscribe to game pass but then you could make the argument that there's no really need for an xbox console i mean you can make the argument that there's no need for an xbox console now because you can play all their stuff on pc and it you mm-hmm. know and people have moved to pc um but that's kind of like pc at console are kind of still a, a little different they're not the exact same but if you were to be like all right we're putting everything we make on all the other platforms then what really defines xbox then and it's not much. In fact, I think the Xbox platform would decline very rapidly because most people will look at it and be like, well, I can just get a Switch and get all the Nintendo games and all the Xbox games. That's where I'm going to go. Or I'm going to get all my, pl- I can get a PlayStation and get all the PlayStation games on the Xbox games. That's where I'm going to go. And I think you would see a lot of people like just abandon the Xbox console. So, I mean, in this hypothetical scenario of Xbox going third party, because I saw it was in your, in your title and mm-hmm. your thumbnail. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we don't know Microsoft's intentions as a huge trillion-dollar corporation. We have heard testimony and emails and all that stuff basically saying, like, Phil made a decision for all the Bethesda games to be exclusive and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, the Indiana Jones, they went back and renegotiated exclusivity instead of it being multi-platform. You do these things for a reason because the exclusives shine a spotlight on your platform right on game pass blade being on xbox and pc and in game pass is going to be a huge moment for those things whereas blade just in general being on every platform instead lessens the impact it would have for the xbox platform and game pass because it's diluted because you can get it everywhere else right Mm -hmm. um and even though mag said earlier that all the streaming services are losing money all the streaming services also all only have things that you can watch on their platforms. Like you can't watch Netflix originals on Macs and there's Mac shows you can't watch on Amazon because it gives like there's they want you there's they're trying to give you a reason to sign up to use that platform. And if Xbox were to take that away and be like actually no, we're third party now completely, mm-hmm. we're putting it everywhere. Like there's no reason 
for a lot of people to buy the platform. And then you have to worry about third-party developers supporting the platform. Are, you know, Xbox fans are all, always worried about the idea of games skipping the oh, platform. Yeah. We've yeah. seen a lot of Japanese games skip the platform because Japanese games maybe don't sell very well. So they so they're not really Xbox isn't really a, a targeted platform for it. And although Xbox has tried their best to get the personas and the yakuza's and all that stuff, but if you were to do that, and the you know the the combined user base kind of just dips because it's not like Xbox. It's not like every third party is is knocking down Microsoft Store to put all their games on the Windows PC store because they're not. They're still like putting stuff on Steam. You could see the the platform declining to the point where people might have to be worried about bigger games not releasing on the console because the user base isn't there anymore to support it. So what all is I'm trying to say here is is one I don't know, right? I don't know yeah. what the future holds. I think the industry always changes. 2013 if you look what the industry was then compared to now, there would have been things that we never thought would have happened. So who knows what the industry looks like in 2033? Mm-hmm. Um, let let but, me say uh, when I when I posed that question to you, I did that on purpose because we had talked a few days well, ago where I said you're always devil, concerned. Yeah, let me do a stuff. devil's advocate and and sell the reason like why would someone say Xbox would go third party, and that's why. I said, like, why not sell everything to everyone? And I truly don't believe that. And I'm glad you said what you said, Ram, because um, I've always talked about how the console has been kind of minimized in the ecosystem, but it still has its place to bring people in as as one avenue. And I, I 100% agree with you that if Xbox removed that altogether and put everything on PlayStation, that you couldn't draw people to Game Pass or to the console and then you brought up the the extra thing, Rand, where you don't think Xbox gets enough third party support now. Like if it, the console would almost completely dissolve away naturally. Meg, I, we're over yeah. time. I don't know if you want to stick around for a few I, more I, minutes, or I'm if you, give you no, I was just you gonna, say, give I'm gonna give you my and, piece, and I'm gonna give me my piece on this, and I'm gonna and then I'm gonna peace out uh, <laughs> because I do I do I do have to get going, uh, but. Um, I was going to say I could see, as I've mentioned it before, we've talked about it on previous shows and everything else. I think that, of course, your first party uh, single player games are going to remain exclusive. And the reason why, again, you're trying to bring people in with compelling software, right? So they look at that, you get them in the ecosystem. Oh, Indiana Jones is a banger. It's up for game of the year. I got to go and play that game. That's what happens on the on the other consoles. Like, I, I barely touched the Switch, but I heard that Mario Wonder was a great game. Guess what? I bought Mario Wonder, and I'm playing it on the Switch, right? So, you know, I, I it draws me over there because it's something that's of quality. When you do that with those first-party games, if you're sending... And, and this is, of course, hoping, God willing, that the games actually hit, and they, they critic, they're they a critical success and a success with the fans and the players. Um, that would be, you know, obviously the big bonus. But I'm looking at things like that. So you've got, like, your Senua Saga, your Fables, your whatever. All these other games coming out, okay? And if they all hit, that's how you get those people in the ecosystem. Now, the other thing, if you get your Call of Duties, your World of Warcraft, and all the other games that are multiplayer... Okay, obviously you keep those multiplayer, and I think you keep them multiplayer forever. For they go ten-year contracts, none of that. Just keep it over there. Keep it everywhere that everybody can access. Why? 
because the longer that people are engaged and the more people are engaged on multiple ecosystems, you continue to make more money. If you only, if you, you know, if you narrow it down to one console or even two consoles or just Xbox and PC, the player base is going to die quicker. Look at what happened with Gears 5. Look at what happened. Gears 5, I know there's a very, very, um, like, hardcore player base. But mm-hmm. the numbers dwindled very quickly because it was only accessible in a very small market, right? Same thing with Halo Infinite. Mind you, Halo Infinite because they didn't have a lot of post, um, you know, post-launch support for that first year. Now the game is fantastic, like in the multiplayer side, right? They got all kinds of stuff in there, all kinds of goodies. They should they should actually do a whole new PR push with the Halo Infinite thing. Now I think they they should do that to get people back in there, and they are the, the numbers are climbing back up again. However. You look at these, like the Call of Duties, your Fortnites, and everything else, when you get those multiple ecosystems all engaged at the same time, the game lives for longer. And each month that passes, more microtransactions, more season passes, more skins, more whatever, right? More guns, more Cardi Bs, more whatever. You know what I mean? Or Nicki Minaj's whatever, whoever the hell they had. I had one kill me the other day, and I'm like, really? Pink hair and a little, and a, and a little bikini running around. But anyways, the point is, is that you're making that money. And so, therefore, you keep it everywhere. But you need to keep those other marquee titles exclusively to the Xbox and PC so you draw people in there. But those games, there is a caveat to this. And the caveat is those games have to hit. You cannot go into a game award season with no wins on that on, on a big title. You need that title to be there as game of the year nomination. Whatever. I'm not saying the Achilles are the end all, but it <laughs> sure helps. Yeah. It sure helps when you have tens of, you know, millions and millions of millions of people watching. You want that exposure. You need that exposure so that the peers and the media and whatever else, even if even if there is any kind of any form of bias against Xbox, they will not be able to deny it if the game is a 10 out of 10. And that's what they got to do on top of that. So you get those games. They, that's the concentrate that you got to do first. Focus on making quality games and the people will come. And that's, that's what it's going to be at the end of the day. Hey, Anyways, I, I have that. to get going. Thank you. I have to get going. I want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, no Happy leave. New Year's. I have to go. I have to go. It's uh, I got I got to make another call too before I before yeah, I it, head out. Yeah, so, it's super late for um, Mag, you know, and, yeah. and he gets up early and he has to do his calisthenics Ooh. and have his prune juice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thanks. <laughs> I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. If you don't sell Christmas, be safe, be well, be with your families, and uh, we'll all see you guys on January seventh when we return in two weeks' time. Uh, back to do a, a whole renewed re-energy uh, for for the new year, and we'll look forward to seeing what kind of great things that the, the gaming industry has for us in the future. Rand, Colt, we'll talk to you guys real soon. Thanks. It was an absolute pleasure. Guys, have a great evening. Have a good night. We love you, Mag. Thanks so much. Love you, man. Yeah. You're um, the best, Mag. Yeah, Mag is awesome. Uh, he had to give that super speech before he, he bounces out. I'll switch over the overlay once he... He is it's a thumb up, thumbs up on the way out before I switch to the other overlay. Um, yeah, oh, gosh, it's so difficult to say, Rand, where Xbox had really great games this gen, but can I at least, am I allowed to say that, barring all this, that the console still sold fairly well? Like, it's just under the Xbox One, which is kind of ridiculous, but like, it's still selling, which is... Um, which is weird. I don't know. I think they have to have those really killer games. Um, you and I talked about Forza Horizon 5, like how big that game was, just a racing game, and people are like, I got to play it. I got to have it. And it started to move things for Xbox, but they just don't well, yeah, have that well, often enough. 
didn't help when Xbox have a 2022 where nothing really happened. Nothing came out for them. Right. And, and Phil even in his emails said it was disastrous. So, yeah. I don't know. The third-party discussion is... It's like one of those things where PlayStation guys love it because... You know they want to see Xbox fans upset, and then like, oh, we we get we get all the games and we whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So they 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 love it, and it's just it's just this it's this weird thing because Xbox is like totally. The, Xbox has games on other platforms, right? Like Minecraft and the, the Call of Duties and all this sort of stuff. And there's always question marks about what they're doing with their games. Uh, I mean, people debated whether or not Beth- Bethesda's games would be exclusive. Right about yeah. what Starfield was going to do until Phil came and was like, actually, this deal was about exclusives, and those games are going to be on platforms where Game Pass exists. But even still, even with that said, people are questioning Blade because the logo wasn't there and the trailer wasn't on Xbox's channel until recently. So people are like, well, what does that mean, right? And then with ABK, it's like, all right, well, you signed the deal for Call of Duty, and we know you have some other things in the work. Um, so it's like, what's going to happen with the new blizzard game and stuff like that. And nobody really knows. Cause they haven't really talked about any of any of that stuff. So I mean, you why know, do, why do they do that? They, every time Xbox has an announced game, everyone on the planet says, I don't think it's, it? here's the thing. I don't think, no, I think I've told you this. You get stuck in the Twitter echo chamber. You mm-hmm. think Twitter is the entire planet and it's not. Right, but so yes. you think okay. not everybody in the okay. world is thinking okay. that. Fair, fair. Right, so it's like okay, it's just it's just some people it's, questioning it's it on group. social it's media that you, that, yeah. you're, that you're that you're involved with. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is it an interesting devil's advocate discussion of like, hey, what would you do if this happened? Absolutely, right? Because mm-hmm. it is. It's just like okay, what 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 would I think? How would I react or whatever? Do you you know actually think it'll happen? And that's where the rubber hits the road because I don't really see it happening. I mean, I can see edge cases. We saw As Dust Falls come to PlayStation recently. Ori has gone to Switch. There are those mm-hmm. scenarios where I think Microsoft wants to help out some of their second-party developers. You know, when they when they release stuff like that, that they are like, okay, yeah, like we want to help you out. Um, you know, but. I would imagine there would be quite an uproar if something like Halo Infinite came to other platforms or Gears or Forza. Even though you can make the argument, even though, and people might chat, just hear me out for a second. Even though you can make an argument that what's best for Halo and what's best for Forza and what's best for Gears is to be on as many platforms as possible, including the Switch and the PlayStation. Because those are live service games that re- that rely on players and microtransactions to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, People didn't like it when I said that but, ten minutes ago, but I said it kind of on purpose. Yeah, right. But you can make that argument: is that is what's best for those games? What's best for the platform, though, is the question. And that's as opposed where, to best for the game. Well, like okay, so like you could do what's best for the game. Where like Halo Infinite. What's best for the game probably is to get more players and be in more places. Mm-hmm. But do you put that in priority over what's best for the Xbox platform where what's best for the Xbox platform is exclusives 
that are going to push Game Pass subscriptions and get people to actually buy the console or play on PC Game Pass or buy those games on Steam, right? And in that scenario, you probably would say, no, you would go what's best for the platform instead of what's best for the game, right? Halo, Gears, and Forza are already available to nearly every screen except for a PlayStation. Like, colloquially speaking, right? You don't have Halo yeah, Gears, but of course, I mean, on Switch still... and PlayStation, but you have PC, you've got Steam Deck via a couple of changes, Rogue Ally. I know, Ally, but you're still, you're still looking at like over, what, 160 million PlayStation 4 and 5s plus 130 right. million Switches. There's a lot of people. There'd be so many people who'd be like, oh my God, I, w- I would love to play Halo Infinite on my Switch and take it on the go. You know, that don't have a ROG ally because they already own a switch, right? Like- yes, because uh with with the PlayStation platform and Switch, it wouldn't be the hundred and sixty million, right? You you look at fifteen percent of that, so it's like an easy two million on the Switch and an easy three to five million on PlayStation, right? Like an extra well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's, I'm just yeah, saying something like that. There's yeah. like there's there's the argument you can make of what's best for the game and what's best for the platform. So and in your opinion, wh- where is where do you think Xbox and Microsoft gaming's head is at when they say what's best for? Where do you think they're leaning? Because people are, these supposed insiders are saying, oh, uh, let me just say something or kind of make it up. Oh, I'm hearing that this studio has been told, get ready to make a PS5 version of your game in the near future. Or, or maybe they're hearing, hey, we might be getting a PS5 dev kit sent over to the studio. I don't know what that means. Like, I, I just wonder if that's what people were hearing, and and not, some of it is completely fabricated, or it's a cross mix. Like, um, a game like Ori and As Dust Falls, which you've covered a lot, is is a game that Xbox Global Publishing or partnered with the studio to make, and then you see it go to the Switch, and people are like, "What? Uh, PlayStation doesn't do that," but. Um, well, and Nintendo doesn't do it. You know, PlayStation did do it with MLB, but that was more MLB's decision, right, Correct. to bring that game everywhere. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This conversation is a little bit odd because we've seen nothing from Microsoft that would indicate that this is a path they would go down. In fact, all the indications are from from the FTC trial and, and everything is that they were looking to get more exclusives because they literally went and turned Indiana Jones from a multi-plat to an exclusive so if you were planning on basically being like, well, we we were actually going to go more places, you would figure they would keep that multi-platform because that's where they would make more money. And the Blade thing we've heard is, you know, exclusive or what have you. And so you wouldn't really do that if you were planning on changing things. Now, Xbox, you know, we could go through 2024 and Xbox could announce, be like, by the way, Sea of Thieves is now out for Switch and PlayStation 5. And you'd be like, all right, well, whatever. It's six years old, and well, that's what's best I mean, for the game at that point. You have, to, it, you have to say, like, that announcement would hit pretty hard for a lot of fans. Uh, like, what, what? why? And then it kind of goes in. I know it's an echo chamber. There's a couple supers about this. But the, the discussion amongst the hardcore would be like, if Sea of Thieves is coming, Blade has to come to PlayStation, well, and, no, and it would see, never not, end, right? So- now you're thinking it's just now you're also like back in the Twitter. Echo See, this is why I have Rand like, on the show, guys. This is one thing, and this is <laughs> because this one thing happened. That means this has to happen, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I know, and the thing is, like the people that would say, "Well, now I don't have to get an Xbox because their things are coming." Like those people are never going to get an Xbox, regardless of what happens. They're constantly Thank just push the goalposts back and forth, so it doesn't really matter, right? 
Like (laughs) Phil and those guys laugh when they hear this like small corner discussion happening. I would assume like, as you try to bring reason into it, I don't know about, I don't know if they laugh. I mean, I'm sure they're very well aware of what people are talking about and stuff like that. I mean, it's gotta be a couple million people that kind of, what are some of the super chats you got though? Uh, we'll see. We got, uh, that's great. Yudana Kizano with the $5 super chat. Thank you, Yudani for being here every single week and, uh, being a great channel mod on the on the channel we appreciate you he says we can admit we need just one single player third person game sony backs out and that camp is back in denial needing just one multiplayer game i agree like they don't really have anything outside of like some niche type of cooperative multiplayer uh like divers 2 is four player co-op say it again hell divers 2 is four player co-op yeah isn't that that's gonna be nice to see Yeah. yeah Dead Planet with the two says maybe no shadow drop, but a surprise at developer direct. Yeah, probably not a shadow drop, but the, the Xbox comps people were get sort of sounded annoyed. Like not every game needs to shadow. Well, drop. Everybody, everybody was like, all right, when's <laughs> with this game's going to be shadow drop and this game's going to be shadow drop. But the thing is a shadow yeah. drop is a game, you know, nothing about, and nobody knew yeah. anything about hi-fi rush. And suddenly it was available. Like people <laughs> like, Oh, maybe they'll shadow drop this. It's like, but it's already known. It's a known quantity. It wouldn't be a shadow drop. Yeah. Well, you know, well, like like they're going to show a trailer and just launch. Do you remember the marchers last year? I remember the marchers. Yes. That was great. Lost a couple shout of friends to, there. Shout out to, shout out to Mav. Mav. Shout out to Mav. Mav the marcher and Pong So, leader of the marchers. Mav got kind of mad. I'm like, bro, I love you. I don't care. We were all just joking around. And then he's like, okay. Um, Hargeet Johnny, thank you so much for the five. He says, gosh darn it, Hargeet. He says, Rand, PlayStation will start charging $10 a month for Hub access with your next gen features rumble those triggers and then he's got a string of laughing crying emojis messy hargeet shawnee on this Mm. time of year uh spider with the nok which is a norwegian currency he says facts thank you so much for this he says factions being canceled sucks all multiplayer games don't have to be live service games call duty didn't used to be one and it became a juggernaut he says i love multiplayer so yeah i mean this game Mm. was so fun they canceled it man I uh, see here, the Insomniac Games hack has leaked publicly now. Expect Wolverine footage to start appearing online. Apparently, a bootable build of the game is in there, though it requires a PS5 test kit dev kit until someone backports it to jail to jailbroken firmware. Uh, this guy goes, I assume a there's videos. In, I assume there's videos in the leak. Someone posted a test render of the announcement trailer in this person's Discord. A link from it from Steamable. Uh, yeah, so apparently. They didn't pay, and you know, if they spread the information, then I, I guess we're about to see a whole bunch of Wolverine stuff. I think this only happens because Insomniac is so popular because it happens to, to Rockstar as well. Um, I've heard that Wolverine is like their version of God of War, which gets me super excited about playing that game, like over the shoulder and slashing and. Um, be careful out there. Start muting words, I suppose. I, I guess if you're diehard Wolverine or PlayStation, I'm or sure. Just I'm a game sure fan. it's just like a, it's like an early build or whatever. I it's don't like think st- you're not you're not talking about like spoilers, like the uh, Suicide Squad stuff that came out today, right? Yeah, the um, Rocksteady was like, please avoid spoilers. And I wanted to ask you really quickly, what do you expect from Suicide Squad? Just quickly, like. I expect a 
pretty version of Crackdown with criminals of DC origin. <laughs> is that? I mean, that's what the videos kind of seem like it is, like a Sunset Overdrive Crackdown. Can I can I make an of, accolades kind of trailer that says a pretty version of Crackdown with <laughs> with DC characters with DC characters? Randall Thor nineteen Xbox Two. I mean, podcast. that's what it looks like. That's what it looked like. Yeah. You know. Bouncing around everywhere, big city to get through, uh, I, like I mobility stuff, yeah. guns. That's what it kind of looked like. It, it is be, weird. The reception of that game right now is so weird. Well, the, dude, I can't wait for the review scores on that one. I mean, Rocksteady used was one of my favorite studios. They had mm-hmm. that, they had that three game run where they may have been the best studio in in games. Where they did Arkham Asylum, then Arkham City, then Arkham Knight, Colt. Look up the Metacritic scores for those three games. Arkham City and Arkham Knight. Uh, uh, Arkham, Arkham Asylum. Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. I know I that still think Arkham, this City's, day, Arkham City like a is a 96. It? Yeah, it's, and Arkham it's Asylum game, is 94. It's, are those Arkham games are the soup? Like, that is what basically anybody who's making a superhero game is still chasing after all this time, is those. And don't let people snow you about the Batman Arkham games. I replayed them like two or three years ago and the experience is phenomenal. Like it's still so good. So good. Especially if you have the Arkham city, like full package where you get the uh, Robin and the, and the uh, Harley Quinn stuff. Like you get all this content. Those games are so great. And I would still say better than Spider-Man. And I love Spider-Man 2018. That's the only one I'll mention. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> accolade trailer from Randall Thor. Pretty Crackdown DC characters. I want you know you know how much I did not like Crackdown. Uh, you hated it, and I liked it. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see. Red Wolf says, "Mag, you missed the ASMR. Please give your thoughts." Yeah, he's gonna have to phone that in next time. Jesse Darby Cold, with the two cutting that dollar- from the podcast. By the way, <laughs> I might need to because uh, yours yours is way too hot for internet. Yeah, live and, internet. And not, not safe for work, essentially. Jesse Darby, thank you so much for the two dollars. Got the Illuminati logo. He says Sony has no games, but they. I did not say this. This is Jesse Darby. They have drug addicts. They don't have drug addicts. Just some of their YouTubers are. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Spider with the uh, NOK fifty. Thank you for this. He says, "What is the release cadence you want from Xbox First Party? Two big games every year, and medium small games every second month. Something else." He says. Rand, what are you thinking their cadence is looking like? I mean, if they can get out four big games a year plus smaller stuff in between, that's perfect. Like, if you can get a big game January, February, March, and then one in April, May, June, and one in July, August, September, I mean, it sounds pretty out there, right? It sounds very optimistic, and it's like, wow, four huge games plus more? But you look at all the studios they have and what they're working on, it should be doable, so, well, I mean, look at next year. You have uh, Hellblade, Avowed, Call of Duty, and um, Flight Sim, which are four big games in 2024. Tower, and then, then Towerborn and, and uh, Our History Untold. And then which is we that don't about care about all we know. Yeah. Well, yeah, those are the those are the officially announced stuff. We know we're also getting a Fallout 4 next gen update, probably to coincide with the TV show, right? Like, will that be a a purchasable no i think it, i think it's gonna be an update too so i, I would i wouldn't count it like i wouldn't put um, it on my fanboy graphics. also you know like i said special nick's been saying gears collection for i don't know how long now i would imagine if that if that's real you'd have to 
that game would have to come out at least a year before Gears 5. So maybe a Gears collection runs this year. And you and uh, I for, think Forza Horizon 6 is probably well, not in 2024. I mean, they, they, they shifted from a two-year cycle to a three-year cycle with Forza Horizon 5. And next year would be three years. Um, so it's possible Forza Horizon 6 comes out next year. So it's possible that Xbox has five big games plus two to three mediums or smaller sizes or whatever. I mean, there's the, there's the rumors about fallout three remake or oblivion remake that could happen. Who knows if, who knows if Activision blizzard has some stuff in the works, right? Yeah. And can I bring up quickly about fallout because I meant to bring this up in the show. So I won't take a lot of time on this, but Chris Avalon, who, I really, really like him because when I saw him in the developer docs for Fallout New Vegas uh, back in 2010, um, he basically said publicly last night that they made multiple pitches to Bethesda Softworks to do a spinoff of Elder Scrolls Skyrim, an Elder Scrolls game in their engine, and to take on the Fallout 4 engine, which you haven't got a chance to play yet, and make a fallout spinoff and he said they were outright told um no i'm looking for this uh, i'm looking for this tweet here uh where he was talking about it and um they really wanted to do this and I, he kind of makes a a light nature joke that bethesda didn't want them to make another game because fallout new vegas was so loved by fans like maybe even more than Fallout 3 was? Like mm-hmm. regarding Fallout New Vegas versus 3, like what do you think like the Zeitgeist thinks about those two games when it comes to Obsidian versus Bethesda? I mean, I th- I think people people look at Fallout New Vegas as the better Fallout game between that and Fallout 3 and even Fallout 4. And amazingly, Obsidian had to turn that around in like 18 months or whatever it was. Yeah, and famously yeah. they missed out on a bonus cause they missed out on the, the Metacritic bonus by like a point or two. Um, I'm not really surprised cause you did hear uh, some about this. Like Todd doesn't like other people working on his IPs. And this is one of the things where, you know, I think you've said, Hey, they absolutely need to spin up, spin up a studio to get fallout five up faster or more fallout games. But it seems like, Todd doesn't like that. He doesn't like people working on his stuff. <laughs> That's what I uh, think too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think about obsidian working on the fallout Four uh, creation engine, which looks much better than three and coming up with their own locale of fallout being really, really well, Loki was on my lap and then he's like, I'm out of here. Uh, and then he scratched on the door. Let me, let me back in. Uh, I think it would have been really good, but I didn't know that they were pitching for an Elder Scrolls spinoff. And it sounded like they were really super happy to make something. And Bethesda just like, you're not showing us up again. I I guess that's what I got from the, from his tweet. I was trying to look for what he said. It was, um, it, it helps. He says, uh, not surprisingly, it didn't gain much traction. I never got the impression that Bethesda was happy with fallout new Vegas's reception, good and bad. Which says a lot because, like you said, it got an I think got an eighty on Metacritic um, when it launched, but then the fans seemed to like Fallout New Vegas more. And I'm really surprised that um, they didn't get a chance to do something for Elder Scrolls, and now they're making 
avowed, but Rand, is avowed going to be anything like a Elder Scrolls type game or is it going to be first person pillars? Set in the pillars universe. I'm sure it'll have the exploration uh, fix that people love about the Bethesda games that was sort of missing in Starfield a bit, right? So, but then again, we don't know much about about either. All we know is the trailer that we saw. So we'll yeah, have to wait, we... wait to see more about that game. But I, yeah. I think there'll be exploration in that. You know, they said the world's surprisingly big, and uh, Outer Worlds was made up of these pretty small, medium, like arena-sized. Uh, locations and you and I are big fans of Outer Worlds. So, uh, let's see. We got uh, Invincible with the Canadian two dollars says Xbox markets GTA Six and releases the Series X two at the same time. I don't think I don't think Xbox is going to pay for that marketing. Do you think they would? I mean, we don't know. I don't think I don't think they would, but who knows? Yeah. It's Grand Theft Auto Five. It's a pretty big get. Michael I think Mo- it's a big, I think it's a big miss for the industry that it, Grand Theft Auto Five is not next year. I've been, I've I've seen some industry Wh- analysts why? say like, because that is going to bring a lot of people to console. That is going to draw a lot of spending. Like Grand Theft Auto Five is one of those north stars. I mean, why isn't it going to do that in twenty five? What's so important about? No, 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 no. That basically twenty twenty four is it twenty four twenty twenty four doesn't look good, basically because and me you have discussed this. It doesn't really seem like there's a lot of big games coming out scheduled for 2024 at least right now what 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 is could what draw are the big multi-plats other than like space marine which i actually don't think is super big i'm well yeah you mentioned it. it there's no resident evil right okay. there's no hogwarts legacy so hogwarts legacy was a best-selling game of this past year there's, there's there's no hogwarts legacy next year right there's a call of duty which should sell better than this past years um we don't know what's really coming from playstation that's high level uh final fantasy should sell well but i don't know if it'll sell significantly better than final fantasy 16 uh i, I, Nintendo, I mean i say industry, gta 5 i i say gta 5 all the time i'm still I, not used to saying the six i guess what i meant to say was like that's going to grow the industry next year and the only thing only thing that's really going to grow the industry is the launch of the switch 2 yeah there's like no whatever Elden ring or so uh, that's weird. yeah people were that. hoping people were hoping that grand theft auto was next year because that is going to be a massive moment. People are going to buy consoles and droves. People are going to play that game for hundreds of hours and spend money on microtransactions. It's going to be a big moment for PlayStation and Xbox that that game is coming out, and it's not. So it's a big loss for 2024. Big gain for 2025, but that still leaves this year in between where it really seems like the only growth is going to be the Switch 2 and potentially a, a PS PS4 PS5 Pro at the end of the year, mm-hmm. we don't really seem there doesn't really seem at this time at this point in time, outside of Call of Duty, like any huge releases. So when you compare it to like when you compare early this 2024 to what early 2023 was, it's going to be on a decrease because there's no Hogwarts and there's no Resident Evil, there's no Star Wars, right? There's none of those huge games that launched in the early part of 2023. Sure, Dragon's Dogma is going to be is there, and I'm sure that'll be a great game. But that I don't does, know. How, that's not Resident Evil. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never thought that there wasn't a big franchise release from like the juggernauts of gaming in 2024. And Suicide so Squad looks like it probably is going to disappoint. 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you look at it as of right now, it's kind of like, yeah, 2024 looks like a down year. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe PlayStation even kind of, they have kind of an iffy 2024 and Xbox has a pretty good one. I would have thought 2023 would have been bigger. I thought Redfall would have been great and Starfield would have been amazing. And, and everybody knows how those kind of turned out for them personally. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I um, Let's see. I can't remember what else I was going to say, but uh, Mike, Michael Mooney, thank you for the five euro. He also adds, what if they designed generation 9.5 to run GTA 6 better to go with marketing rights in 2025? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe. Cult, there's also, there's no Zelda next year, right? Zelda was I mean, another game. And that, yeah. Zelda sold like 10 million copies in a week. Is There's no Mario. Like, what does Nintendo have that's big next year other than the Switch Well, too? we don't, I mean, I think there's like a Peach game, but I, I think they're holding all their big games for the reveal of the Switch 2. So there's probably going to be a 3D Mario game that launches with the Switch 2. But we don't know when the Switch 2 is launching. Is it launching in the spring? Is it launching in the fall? the fall you got to wait all the way to the end of the year i mean we know the right. switch one launched in march of 2017 with a zelda game breath of the wild that sold what was like 100 percent attach rate and people bought so many of those and then they had the super mario odyssey launch at the end of the year so yeah i mean i don't i don't know how this is going to play out you're gonna be kind of bummed like i know some industry watchers and industry analysts are kind of like yeah 2024 is going to be a down year Dang, they've been up and, and up. Until maybe you get to the end, uh, and then maybe it picks up because of new consoles and Call of Duty and stuff. I mean, you're right, because the big games are already have already been spoken for at this point. Uh, you kind of, got, kind of got me a little bummed, because I do look forward to those big juggernaut games that everybody is talking about, that we're all playing together. But, um, yeah, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, Grandpa's Barbecue Game Cat, thank you for the Australian Five, says, Hey, all just joined Rewound to the beginning, so I'm way behind. Want to wish Colt, Mag, and both of your family, and Rand, friends, and chat a great holiday period. 78 Incorporated US Gaming, thank you for the 10. He says, Regardless of how powerful it is, the Xbox has to get a foothold in Europe and Japan to see future success, in my opinion, he says. And uh, I think Xbox is down three to one in Europe, aren't they, Rand? Maybe even more. I mean,. Yeah. Europe is a place that uh, Xbox doesn't do well. I know they are trying their hardest in Japan. We talked a little bit about that um, ex-PlayStation executive who now is over there helping out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you, obviously you want to do you want to do great everywhere, and their sales in Europe are not good by any metric. But I mean, I you can make the argument. It's like, does that matter? Like. If you're making all this money and revenue on live service stuff, can is that is that okay? And I've always thought that the Xbox brand was a more Anglo-Saxon, English-speaking brand, right? It does well in the U.S. It does well in the U.K. It does well in Brazil, which is not Canada like English speaking, but Mexico. yeah, but like yeah. even 360's best, even the Xbox best generation, the 360, it didn't sell that great in Europe. Europe no, is PlayStation that. land and Nintendo land. It didn't, didn't. It wasn't like all of a sudden, yeah, the 360 was selling gangbusters in Germany and Czechoslovakia and Spain and all those other places. It, it really didn't. PlayStation 3 st still dominated uh, in comparison back then. Even though PlayStation 3 was way more expensive, it didn't really have anything until a few years later 
when Uncharted 2 and games like that started to release. So There's really only one way to sell more consoles and get more Game Pass and make the Xbox logo bigger and bigger throughout the world, and it's, I gotta have these games. And if you can't play them on PlayStation, Xbox knows this. This is why they've got all these well, partnerships. Xbox might, push, Xbox might push PC more over there. They might be sure. more than happy to be like, all right, well, we know you're not going to buy this console even if we have these games, but you can play it on PC, and that might work for them. We know PC is a big growth vector for, for Microsoft, and those places might be you know, more uh, willing to you know, you know, adopt PC and stuff. So it's not always strictly about the console, even though the console is, is important. Um, you know, Xbox's business plan strategy is different than PlayStation's and Nintendo's for sure. And I, I think it's take some people are just, it's taken longer for them to realize like that's the case, you know? So, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that goes like with Fonz with a brand new gaming PC. Like I'm like, say goodbye to Xbox, but he's like, I'm still going to use Xbox to do this or do that and do this. And he just has more choice. He can buy his games and he can do whatever he wants. Sometimes you can play him here and there back and forth. I can't, I can't wait for Fonz to come into party and be like, I can't get this game to work on my PC. <laughs> like, well, it just works on mine. Just fine, buddy. I don't know what to tell you, bud. I don't know what to tell you, bud. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, you've, got, you've got a new killer PC that's still sitting in the box, and I'm, I, guys, I told Rand, I'm like, get on the phone with me tomorrow and let's open that thing up, and and yeah, but uh, that's well, a I big bought moment. it, I, I bought it because it was on sale, and I needed to buy it because I needed to reduce my tax bill for next year. But it's Plus, not something that was just like, oh, I want to hook up immediately, right? It was just yeah, like, I'll get to yeah. it when I get to it. I I bought it then because it was like, all right, it's like six hundred, seven hundred dollars off. You got a good deal, but it's an expensive cardboard box right now until you get into it. But yeah, yeah. all I care about right now are my books. So yeah, that's true. And those books you don't have to hook up and, and, and fiddle with acute perspective. Thank you for the two. He says, make game pass exclusives only on game pass and no physical, Boy, that would really tick off people. But I mean, what, one of these days, the physical games market is just going to have to just, just let go. I don't know. That's a horrible opinion of mine, but Detective Seas, thank you so much. Thank you so much. A good friend. I've talked to him on Xbox Live a lot, and we haven't talked uh, recently. He gifted 30 channel memberships uh, to to the channel membership here on the Cole Eastwood channel. Thank you so much. For those of you who are listed off in the chat that got it, you get early access to my videos. I complete them around 10, 11 o'clock at night, and then you can watch those early. You can write early in the chat. You're also entered in for monthly merch giveaways where if I say you win, you get to pick something from the store that you want. It could be a mug. It could be a hoodie. It could be a uh, a thong with Randall Thor's what? logo on it. It's amazing. Uh, Boner Jams with a $5 says, Evening Colt Thunderwood and Magadoodle. Uh, Boner Jams needs to give you a nickname. He says, Will 2024 be the year for the PS5 or TurboGrafx 16? Merry Christmas, boys. Thank you for that. Gamer by Choice, thank you for the five. Thank you, Randy Colt. You are in an echo chamber with vocal, mi- vocal minorities. Most gamers are not in console and list wars. They just want games to play. I got to ask you real quick, Rand. When I said, what are people saying about Blade? What did you say that the majority of gamers are saying when they They're saw the Blade reveal? There's a Blade game coming. And you were like, oh, these people are, what was exclusive? You were like, oh my God, everybody's like, no, that's not what people are worried about. People are I mean, happy in the world that I live coming. in, it's fair to say that. But um, Rand always constantly reminds me, he's like, Colt, you're talking to a bunch of crazy people and you're one of them. I'm like, that's a nice thing to say as a friend. No, I didn't say you're talking to crazy people. <laughs> you just got to realize that it's an echo chamber. Yeah. 
for, for sure. Nobody with the $5 super says, did you guys give your thoughts on Chris Avalon's pitches for Fallout and Elder Scrolls games? Such a missed opportunity. Um, yes, we did. Yeah, I, it's such a missed opportunity. Um, Rand, I really appreciate you being here. It's been a longer show than I'm used to, and uh, I had a good time. And even though you and I talk every day, I still, still learn something tonight from some of your speeches. So, I Bro, now really you understand that. how Xbox 2 can go four hours every week. No, you guys right? are psychos. Because we're almost what? We're almost at three. Yeah, that's that's a we lot could, for we me. Could, we could keep on going. And if Mag was here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That, you know, and that pony bot Mag. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, him and his PlayStation. I, I one know. one of these days I'll see that notification that he actually got online on the Xbox. <sighs> right? Right, so, yeah. He'll blow yeah. the dust off of it. Oh, special mix here. He said you oh, started late. No, we no, we did. We started normal time, but when it's Rand and I, who knows what's going to happen? Hey, come on in, special Nick. Join the thing. Get in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would too. Let's get yeah. let's get special Nick up in here. Let's go for another hour. Special Nick, you can come in and say hi if you want. Um, yeah. Now it's uh, I don't know. You got me a little worried about 2024. Like, what's what's the big thing I was looking forward to? I'm playing Avatar, and I'm like, that was kind of one of those big games that I hope would be fun. I'm enjoying it, but what's the big in the chat? Yeah, he goes, I, don't I know, can't. You tell me. My my number, my most anticipated game is Hellblade Two. It has been for years. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just <laughs> might, me, this might be a good time to get rid of get rid of your backlog. I mean, it, I guess it depends because the beginning of next year is sort of loaded. With you have like Persona Three Reload, which I know Colt doesn't care about. Yeah. Uh, you got like the new Yakuza game, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, is coming out then. Yeah. Uh, there's like a Dotnod game called. There's a Dotnod game. I forget the name of the Dotnod game, but it's coming out around that time frame. Uh, Suicide Squad. What <sighs> else is coming out? Um, Dragon's Dogma Dragon's is coming Dogma. out in March. I yeah, just, I'm trying. I'm trying I'm off like the top really of my head trying to figure out. On, help us out in the chat. Write down the games that you're looking I mean, forward dude, to that are multiplayer. Just in January of, of this year, we had Hi-Fi Rush and then Dead Space remake. Yeah, Dead Space remake. We had Callisto Protocol at the end of the like, year, but a lot of people played it early in. And then Hogwarts in Legacy in February. There was a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, Star Wars Outlaws. That's the big game I'm looking forward to. But did that get pushed to the holiday? I mean, I think it might have. And AC Red, Gray Mo, shout out to Gray Monad, uh, another good friend, says AC Red, which I think is the Japan Assassin's Creed, right? I'm pretty sure. Uh, AC Red, yeah. I don't yeah. know. And that's supposed is to there... be in the holiday, and they usually never miss their deadlines. They just crap the game out as soon as possible. And I, I wonder if AC Red, them. is AC Red supposed to be 2024 or is it supposed to be 2025? I could look really quickly. Um, AC Red. Codename Red is. Oh my gosh! Come on, just give me a quick answer. I'm pretty sure that's the one set in Japan. Because mm. it had all the red branding on it. Um, it will likely not release till 2024 at the earliest. I mean, they just usually don't miss a year for Assassin's Creed. And I did not like Mirage at all. I gave up on it like 20 hours in. Oh, man. Some of the leak stuff about uh, Wolverine is hitting. Right now? Yeah. Wolf- without See, without like, saying anything, like is- say what type of stuff you're seeing. 
No, nah, just like documentation. Like Wolverine's plan for 2025 with mm-hmm. two sequels every four years. Jeez. Uh, well, that makes sense. Looks like Sony has signed like um, a deal with Marvel to publish three X-Men games, including Wolverine. But those, I don't. They might. I mean, X Men in Wolverine or something. Video. It sounds like video might hit really soon too. But yeah, some that there's sucks. a lot of so inf- somebody information. Hacked, somebody hacked in or got a, got into a back door on the on like their their server or something. That really the entire, sucks. Entire voice cast is leaked for Wolverine. Who's gonna voice? Who's gonna voice cat or performance act Jason from Grand Theft Auto? I had somebody message me thinking there's gonna be Sam Worthington from Avatar, but typically Rockstar goes with a killer unknown actor or actress, so I don't think it's oh. going to be. The I'm guy look, sort of looks I'm like a young the, Sam Witwer from uh, Days the, Gone. I'm looking at the cast of Wolverine right now. Are you really? Characters. Is it telling you? Yeah. Who? Don't don't say. But is it telling you who? No. I mean, yeah, it's got the pictures of... Okay, let me ask this question. Is there a name in there that you recognize? Oh, yes. Very mm. much. Is it Dealer Gaming? Is he voicing Logan? Um, no, but I mean, yeah. Was... Hey, people ask in the, in the chat, or they message me a lot about Dealer. They're, they're coming back soon, and, and Fonz has been talking to him. I've messaged him a couple times. Uh, he moved across state, so all of his stuff was in disarray, and... He's setting it up and wants to get set up. So you'll hear from him soon. He's, he's doing great is what I heard. So yeah, I understand that. Like when we don't hear from people are like, where, but yeah, he's doing good. He's doing well. And I need to call him. I need to call that guy. So what are you, are you slobbering over those, uh, those leaks right now? Red Wolf's bro. like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm looking at him, bro. Oh my gosh. Those leaks are so hard to her. <laughs> Wait. Yes. Please don't. Please don't. Uh, Yo, yo, Donnie, you're saying that Wolverine has the same camera perspective. I said that as well. So that's okay speak, I suppose. All this stuff's on like a, uh, on a, a uh, trial basis. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, that was was something that we heard about a week or two ago, but yeah, new leak stuff. Be careful. I really would think that you would want, if you care about Wolverine, you'd probably want to mute that um, wherever you go. Are you still looking at it? No, 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 I'm not. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll talk about it uh, later on. We got one more. Anonymous Boss, thank you so much for the f- 5R. Uh, says, salute Colton Rand. One question to decide once and for all, what is the best Halo game ever made? Oh, Rand and I'll argue on this Multiplayer one. Multiplayer would be Halo 2. Uh, okay. Maybe overall would be Halo 3. Halo 3 is your ultimate best Maybe, Halo I game? don't know. Like, Halo Reach is up there too. Your personal uh, favorite. T- I tell you not. I tell you what's not. Halo One's nowhere close. Halo Five's nowhere close. Okay. Halo okay. Halo Infinite might be up there too. Um, it's like on, Halo on, Two on your favorite. Campaign? Halo Three. Well, I mean, if you're talking about the whole package, like multiplayer for me is Halo Two, and then probably Halo Three, and then Reach, and then Infinite probably is in there. Campaign. I mean, Halo 3's campaign was very was great. I liked Reach's campaign a lot. I think Reach's campaign is probably the best. I really, really like Reach's campaign, even though I don't the the characters aren't super memorable for me. But I really thought the campaign was just so freaking enjoyable, and and like the the jetpack was so fun. But 
my all-time favorite because of the vibe, the music, the Nathan Fillion is ODST. And I know most people would disagree, but you always have that, those outliers like Brian Harris, like ODST is my favorite. I will listen to the soundtrack on my free time. It's that great. I don't know what it was where I was like, what is this ODST? And then I ended up just really loving it. I think Halo 2 might be my favorite, but I think ODST is the favorite of all. Uh, if I had to argue with myself, Grandpa's Barbecue GameCat says, Wow, you're still going. Naughty Dog were gone the moment they went woke and hired Anidia Sarkeesian. Oh my goodness. Remember, still or, or one hour and 30 seconds behind, he is. Um, like I said, man, your favorite studios, it's probably pretty likely that most people aren't even there anymore. And uh, that could be good or bad. We'll see. We'll see. Rand, this has been a good show. Thank you for, for sticking around and uh, surviving a long and arduous podcast. And yeah, you always, you're always yelling about podcasts that go over two hours. Cause you're, cause you get hungry and you're tired and here you I are doing so, three hour show. I am so hungry right now. It's unbelievable. That's why I was like, Hmm, this microphone that's why, looks that's like an why, Oreo. That's why we are about to get out of here. Yes. Thank you everybody. Oh, we got 666 people watching. <laughs> Rip and tear. For the last episode. Oh, yeah, we should say. For X and C. We should say, yes, last episode. I won't be here next Monday. That's Christmas Day. The following Monday is New Year's Day. Everybody have a great holiday season. Have a great Christmas. Whatever you, uh, whatever gets you and your family together. Have a great end of the year. And um, those New Year's resolutions, good luck. Best of luck to you, Rand. Do you have any final statements? I got one more super and we're out. No. Just uh, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Tell and, them what uh, you're playing the rest of the year for for X, Xbox Two. What's I mean? What yeah, we got have? we got Xbox Two coming on Friday. Okay. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna talk about, and then we might do a show the f- next week. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. You know, me and Jez talking about stuff. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Is right? Jez gonna tell you they're going third party, and then you'll have to argue his way out of it again, or what do you think? Nah, It'll be all right. I don't I don't I don't think so. <laughs> JD Gamer, thanks for the five. Says best complete Halo game is Halo 3. Best combo is the Master Chief Collection. Best multiplayer mm-hmm. is now infinite. Man, I hear people love it. Best single player is, and don't get me, is Halo 4. I also liked Halo 4's campaign. All right, that's good. That's been a great show. A Red Wolf sends a oh <laughs> a little devil sticker. Thanks, Red Wolf. You're the best, man. Um, Ran. Have a good uh, rest of the week, bro. Thanks for being here. I'll, I'll do my best. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll Hit see the like you, uh... button for cold in the chat. And make sure to think about Oreos and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, yeah.